Oh, yes. And, and just, just listen to this line right here from the New Mexico State fight song. And when we win this game, we'll buy a keg of booze and we'll drink to the Aggies till we wobble in our shoes. This is for you, New Mexico State. Oh, let's go. I got the hazy IPA going. And hello and welcome to the FBS 134 Campus Tour podcast. I, I am slowly pouring this in my glass like the hipster that I am. Oh, that smells great. Uh, this is your boy, uh, Jack. And, and I'm, I'm just so, so pumped for the A-G-G-I-E-S Aggies from New Mexico State after their huge, huge 31-10 to 10 victory over the Auburn Tigers. And y'all, listen, the three of us, Ian, Brandon, myself, we talked about this game and we said that New Mexico State is live. They're a live dog. I, I, I took them to cover, what was it, the 25 and a half points. I, I mentioned to y'all to sprinkle on the money line. I actually forgot to do that Saturday morning when I made my bets, and I'm regretting it because I, I could have bought all of us multiple kegs of booze to celebrate the Aggies. I love it. Uh, and with that being said, I'm going to uh, pass it over to Ian. Ian, how you doing, brother? Uh, you have any little fun facts about the Aggies for us today? Jack, I'm doing fantastic. In a day full of misery for me and my teams, boy, every every single one of my teams had something bad happen to them, whether they lost the game or a big injury or something. But this game, we circled it, and it was so fun to see. It was really just insult to injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, if you would like my perspective, uh, I was turned on to New Mexico State last year. I had known that they were – having some success under a head, under a new head coach. And I'm sitting in the uh, blowing rock uh, mellow mushroom and I watch the Bowling Green Bowl and who are they losing to New Mexico state? And they're losing big time. So I'm like, okay, this team's got something going on. And then the news that they transfer into a conference USA, they're doing really well. And it's been so fun to watch, honestly. Look up Jerry Kill, everybody, if you haven't already, their head coach. He's been around the block. He's head coached at NIU, Minnesota, a lot of places. This team is so much vastly improved from the team that no one used to watch. I went back and watched a little bit just to see. It was like it's it's very, very good for Conference USA, which is I mean, FAU left Conference USA because we were kind of a bottom feeder conference, but I don't know, maybe, maybe they got a little better. I don't think Conference USA got better, but it definitely got more entertaining with, with some storylines. I mean, Liberty, you know, what, what they're able to do over there in Lynchburg, Virginia, the amount of money that they have, uh, uh, Chadwell, the coach, very interesting with what they're doing over there. And that offense is, is great. Um, Jacksonville State and Rich Rod just came up from the FCS. What they're doing is awesome. Uh, and then you have New Mexico State from Las Cruces, just over the border from El Paso. Uh, over there in New Mexico. And, and Jerry Kill, head coach for the Aggies, he's my coach of the year. I mean, the Aggies are now playing in the Conference USA Championship game. Who saw? No one saw that coming. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And, and someone, the three of us, we've been following all of FBS football, all teams for a very long time. New Mexico State has never really been in this position before. It's awesome to see. Uh, let me hand it off to Brandon. Brandon, I think you got some fun facts regarding uh, that bag. <laughs> that bag yeah. at the Aggies cops. Tell us something about that. Speaking of that bag, I'm going to go with two bags. The first one is 
on the first Sunday in December, New Mexico State hosts um, what they call is the Noche de Luminarias, where they have between 6,000 and 9,000 little, uh, little lit up, I, I would call them Christmas lanterns, so hence the bag. Um, really, really cool, just cool tradition. That's what this podcast is all about. Secondly, speaking of the bag, Auburn paid New Mexico State $1.85 million to get beaten. Um, I will leave that where it is. Imagine, imagine leaving the plains of Alabama with a big win. Everyone in the country knows who you are now and 1.85 million. That's just incredible. Oh, so congratulations to New Mexico state. Our unanimous unanimous. I mean, it was instant while we were all watching the game, uh, team of the week. And uh, we're we're gonna dive in. We're gonna we're gonna feast on rivalry week. We made it. We made it to Thanksgiving. Week twelve is here, and and that means that we get um some big time rivalry games. And and instead of kind of talking about our um you know our transfer portal segment where we go from one team to another team that we're really high on, instead of giving you our game of the week in each conference, we're gonna break down game by game, rivalry game or not who we like, and, and little blurbs if we got them uh, about the teams playing. And we're just going to dive right into it. There's a couple games on Tuesday. Uh, not only does the end of the season mean that, you know, we're wrapping up college football, but that also includes a wrapping up Maction. A real, real shame. But don't worry, we still get two Maction games to uh, finish up the year. Tuesday, uh, November 21st, we have Bowling Green at Western Michigan. The Bowling Green Falcons are favored by two and a half points. This game will be 7 p.m. Tuesday on ESPNU. Uh, the Falcons lead the all-time series 33-20. to 20. Uh, I'm going Falcons here. Falcons big. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, I, I would put, if I had to put money on it, I'd, I'd put money on the Falcons to, to cover the 2.5. Uh, Ian, where are you here? Well, I don't really know too much about either either team, but I've watched a little bit of both of them, and I think Bowling Green just plays a better brand of football. So I think I'm with you. Yeah, Western Michigan's been up and down, up and down. Uh, Bowling Green is six and five; they're going to go bowling for Western. Their season's over, uh, four and seven. Yeah, yeah, Bowling Green all the way. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, so Bowling Green just lost by one point to Powerhouse Toledo. Um, so I'm expecting Bowling Green to run away with this one. All right. Uh, later on that night, you have Eastern Michigan, the Eagles, or the Emus, as we call as we call them, the Eastern Michigan University Emus. Uh, they're traveling to Buffalo, upstate New York, to take on the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls are favored by six and a half. This will be seven thirty on ESPN two. Uh, Eastern Michigan, believe it or not, they have a six to four advantage over the Bulls. Uh, the first game between these two was played in two thousand and one. Uh, Remember that the you know Buffalo used they used they were FCS or even Division three for a long time. Uh, they joined FBS in 1999, so that's why these teams have only played ten times. Uh, but hey, big big game here for the Emus, and that's because if they win, they are going bowling. That's right, they're five and six for Buffalo. The season is over. Uh, I think I, I gotta go Emus here, right? I mean, again, the, the Bulls are favored by six and a half, but. Eagles, they got a, they got a trip to Boca Raton on the line, right? Or or Myrtle Beach? Oh my God, Brandon, uh, what do you think here? 
Also, emus. They have a lot to play for. Buffalo does not, so I'm going emus, emus, emus. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's shocking that Buffalo is is favored. Uh, you know, they've been playing fine, but they, I mean, they they lost three straight. You know, the game last week against Miami of Ohio, eh? The game the week before that against Ohio Bobcats, they lost by ten. I mean, it was close for a bit there, but eh. I will give I will give UB credit here that the last three games were the three best teams in the MAC: Toledo, Ohio, and uh, Miami of Ohio in that order. Uh, Ian, where are you for Emus and UB? I think I'm with both of you guys. I think we see a more inspired performance from Buffalo than you might think, but it's not enough to win them the game. I guess. Emus. Would you, would you pick? Um, I mean, would you pick like? Emus to win outright or just to, to cover the 6.5? Uh, yeah, I'd say they win by at least a touchdown. Emus? Because Emus are uh, they're the underdogs. They're being spotted for the touchdown. That's the crazy thing. That's what I'm oh. saying. Favored. Well, the Emus have a lot more to play for, so they're going to play a lot more inspired, which exactly. I, think, I think Brandon said the same thing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, and, and now to, you know, the holiday week here. Some call it Thanksgiving. I call it Egg Bowl Day. Egg Bowl. Uh, Egg Bowl, baby. Uh, number 13th in the nation. By the way, when, when, we, when we mention the ranking, we're going to be talking about the CFP ranking, even though I think the CFP is fraudulent, but it's a topic for another day. Uh, number 13, Rebels going to Stark Vegas to uh, face Mississippi State. Uh, shout out my boy Clark again. I think, uh, I think it's his son. Son-in-law, I can't remember exactly, uh, goes to Ole Miss or went to Ole Miss. So uh, the Rebels and Lane Kiffin, they're um, favored by 10.5. This game is 7.30 on ESPN. And here's the cool thing. They've been playing since 1901. They play for the Golden Egg, one of the best trophies in college football. And I think for Mississippi State, now without a head coach, they just scraped by last week against Southern Miss. How cool is that playing two in-state rivals back-to-back? Uh, the question is, who's going to be the head coach in Starkville after this? Uh, Tom Herman, currently at FAU. Who knows? There's rumors. We talked about this last week. We would love Dan Mullen to come back to coach them dogs. Uh, speaking of the dogs, though, they need a win to go uh, bowling. But I, I like Ole Miss here. Right, guys? Am I crazy? Ian, what do you think? No, you're not crazy at all. I like Ole Miss here, too. Ole Miss is just the better team, unfortunately. I mean, I usually like Mississippi State. I, I was willing to give uh, Zach Arnett a chance. But Lane Kiffin's a really good coach. He just hasn't had his big moment, but he crushes moments like these. Yeah, I think Lane does best when when he's pissed off after a, uh, you know, a, a blow, you know, after he gets blown out and he takes it off. He takes it on. Oh, my gosh. Get it together, Jack. This hazy IPA is getting to me. Uh, he puts it on against the next team as kind of like, a, you know, a get right spot. So ten and a half—that's crazy line. I'm picking Ole Miss big. Do you agree, Brandon? I actually, I I don't. So on paper, Ole Miss is like far superior to to the Bulldogs, but um, at the same time, rivalry game under the yeah. lights on Thanksgiving, anything can happen. And this is just one of those storylines that we live for. You know, team fires their coach that. And I, I wouldn't even call it a firing because he led them through some incredibly, incredibly tough times. But yeah, team lets yeah. go their, from their coach that, you know, 
again, led them through all those tough times. And then they have to take on their in-state rival Ole Miss. I think the Mississippi State Bulldogs are going to be fired up for this one. Also, they're fighting for bowl eligibility, so they have a lot to play for. Yeah, and a disappointing end for the Rebels as well. You know, seeing uh, the SEC West really slip through their fingers towards the second half of the season. They could be fired up. Okay, yeah, we'll see. Let's head over to Friday. Um, some early noon kickoffs or Black Friday. We're going to start. <laughs> oh, my God. The Hill Flutie Bowl is what I call this one. Uh, Miami traveling to, to Chestnut Hill to take on the BC Eagles. Uh, the Canes are eight-point favorites. This will be ABC noon. The Canes lead this series 24-6. to six. You know what's crazy, though, is that they haven't played since 2018. I mean, this is, first off, that, that Flutie Hail Mary is one of the greatest plays in college football history. And so the, the fact that they haven't played in, in five years is shocking. Uh, last time they played, the Eagles won 27-14. Uh, on top of that, the Eagles have won three of the last four. And here's the kicker for me. Here's why I think BC will pull this out, because I think they're a much better team at home than they are on the road. Just please ignore the games against Virginia Tech and Northern Illinois. 34-degree temperature at kickoff. Those Miami Dade boys have no idea what's coming, um, especially after an embarrassing – well, I mean, it, it was close, but the way how they lost was embarrassing. Um, embarrassing loss to the Cardinals last week. So to our resident UM guy, Brandon, uh, what do you think here between UM and BC? Well, first of all, I totally lost my train of thought because you triggered me twice with the Doug Flutie references. Um, secondly, secondly, I think Miami pulls this out. I do agree. I am afraid of the weather. Um, but Tyler Van Dyke from Glastonbury, Connecticut, he's been in the cold before. He'll be fine. It's usually the quarterback that you worry about. Um, I, I think they pull it out, but I again look. We all we all know how big I am in my quarterbacks on this pod. So we got TVD versus is Tommy Castellanos set to go? Yes, yeah. it is Tommy Castellanos. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a great quarterback matchup. I would have called great, but it it's it's a matchup. It's there, <laughs> and you keep saying they'll they'll pull it out. I mean the Canes that pullout game is so weak, brother. I mean they haven't pulled it out all year. I'm sorry. That's true. That's true. As as the resident Miami hater, uh, Ian, where are you this week? I wonder. I really wonder. I'm BC up big. Big big surprise. I know, but it's not for the reason you think. It's not because I don't like Miami. I think Miami's going to play an inspired ball, but I think Boston College is just a better team. They were on that big streak of wins for a while after they lost to us. I was very impressed. I don't think they've really broken that streak. Honestly, they just had a couple hiccups. For for those who don't know, when when Ian says us, I think he means Florida State here and not not Duke, his his other team, his other other team, I guess I should say. Oh yes, yes I do. Um, if you would like me to clarify, I am fully on board the Florida State train now that they are receiving doubt because Jordan Travis is out. They deserve my full support. Also, Duke has really imploded in the second half of the season, and unfortunately for them, uh, gonna need to get better down the stretch. I think Alco's got it in him, but not so much this season. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Um, both Miami and Boston College will go bowling. They're both six and five. <laughs> Miami's two and five in conference, man. Uh, I think the worst part is that the loser here is six and six and can go into a bowl game and, and finish the season 
under 500 and, and how shambolic would that be for the canes that would be really really tough break for them tough look uh after that let's go let's go to a big one big implications here tcu horn frogs at number 14 oklahoma this game friday noon on fox the sooners are favored by 10 and a half tcu needs a win to go bowling i think this is going to be like a theme we're going to keep talking about about these five win teams where it's do or die for them uh, and, and the question I have is, has a team ever played in the national championship game since the BCS era? Has a team ever played in the national championship game and then failed to make a bowl the following year? I, on, I honestly don't know. If anyone here, if, if any of y'all know, please let me know. I can only think of LSU in 2020, maybe. How bad were they? Because I remember they were pretty bad. But does 2020 count? That's the question. Did they go bowling in 2020, you're asking? Yeah, I'm doing it right now. Looking it up. Looking it up. I mean, I don't feel like I'm going to give them a pass either way. Uh, they were 5-5. Five and five. That's what I mean. Like, does that – did they even get uh, – although the Tigers did not finish in six minutes. Oh, okay. So they obviously they did not go bowling. They could have if they wanted to because the NCAA changed the rules for 2020 because, again, it – doesn't count. Um, but uh, they, LSU was under a self-imposed bull ban. So asterisk, major asterisk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So oh, Oklahoma, mind you, they obviously need a win as well. If, if they win this game, then, then they can get a rematch with Texas in the Big 12 championship. Big one here. It's in Norman. Give me the Sooners all day long, Ian. Brandon, uh, where are we at here? Agree. Where I'm, where I'm at here is, yeah, Sooners. I'm expecting them to crush the, crush the Horn Frogs. Hypno Toad. I, I just don't understand how it's fair to the people of Norman, Oklahoma, to start this game at 11 a.m. local time. You know, it's 12 Eastern, but it's going to be kicking off 11 a.m. the day after Thanksgiving. But you know, hey, TV rules the roost. That, that's true. Uh, and do you agree with the Sooners uh, big here? I agree with the Sooners. Maybe not so much this big. I think TCU keeps it within a touchdown. Uh, it, it's probably not going to be as high scoring as you think. I mean, right. it's especially because there, there are some serious question marks injury-wise for the Sooners. Uh, Dylan Gabriel got, got, he got fucked up in Provo against BYU. That was a highly entertaining game. Uh, BYU could have won that money line straight up if it wasn't for a 99-yard uh, pick six in the second half. Um, we don't know if he's playing right now. Parker Thune reported several hours ago, Monday afternoon, that Oklahoma head coach Brent Vernables, he, he, didn't, he didn't give like a, an exact answer, but Parker Thune made it seem like there was some general optimism that DG will be good to go. But you also have uh, Jalil uh, Farouk out as well. So if both those guys are missing, I think TCU could be alive. Am I crazy for that? Because TCU, crazy at all. I mean, I, we, saw, we saw how they played against Texas, right? I mean, yeah, too bad when they, when they can get it going. Yeah. I thought that all season. Unfortunately, they haven't got it going quite enough. Brandon, do you have something to say? I see you. I see you. It looks like you're chomping at the bit here. 
Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm waiting for this Oklahoma team to have a hangover loss. You know, everything's lining up for them to finish out strong and go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, expect ex- it, it, They could definitely lose this game. The more I look at it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's – I mean – Either I think either Oklahoma wins by 17 or 21 and they cover, or TCU wins by one. I don't see Oklahoma winning, but TCU covering to 10.5. Is that I think that's fair. So two possibilities there, and they're they're, they're the polar opposite. Uh let's head on over to Big Ten West, exactly where everyone in the country wants to go. Here's something that's crazy. Two loss Iowa, ranked 16th in the nation. They are traveling to Lincoln, Nebraska. And the Cornhuskers are favored. This conference sucks. Uh, uh, Cornhuskers are favored by two. This game will be CBS. Here's something that's cool, though. They've been playing since 1891, this rivalry. They play for the Heroes Trophy. The Huskers, they're favored, and they need a win to go bowling. Iowa, I'm pretty sure they already have the Big Ten West locked. Uh, Yeah, they do. So, sleepy game for Iowa, possibly? I don't know. Brandon, how do you feel about this? Oh, I feel about this. Uh, first of all, yes, Big Ten sucks. Um, and this is going to be an 11 a.m., another 11 a.m. local kickoff um, that will be 32 degrees. That also totally sucks. If you are watching this game on CBS, I have like five other games that you should be watching. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it, imagine those fans. You mentioned it as well at the OU game. Uh, you have a huge, huge meal. The night before, you are full. You're trying to sleep in, to sleep it all off, but then you got to wake up earlier for this 11 a.m. kickoff to be out there in the cold. No, thank you. And this uh, is if, if if you're going to adequately tailgate for an 11 a.m. kickoff, you have to get up at four or five in the morning. Like that's but, but, this is ridiculous. It's it's crazy. But I mean, who's going to add to tailgate for what? Were you going to eat some more turkey leftovers on Black Friday? You know what I mean? Like, what what's the point of adequately tailgating? You have to. I don't yeah. understand the question. <laughs> What's the point of tailgating if you're not going to do it right? Get the get the bag of friends you going. Am I right? Huh? Yes, sir. Hey, oh, look, me, 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 and me and Ian here. We're, we were out at the the Owls game. What was it? Eight thirty. Yeah, he uh, abducted me at at uh, eight thirty, and we set up just before nine. And I'm so we were out with a full spread, and like cream cheese and everything. It was beautiful. Oh, yes, I just, sir. That is nice. And then went to the basketball game afterwards, right? Long day. Long day. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Rough, rough day. But these, <laughs> as, as Thomas Paine said, everybody, these are the times that try men's souls. <laughs> we steal oh. through these moments to savor the good moments. Remember oh, that. that. We've had a lot of bad moments as FAU fans, and that's definitely made our resolve stronger. That's for sure. For those that don't know, uh, FAU lost uh, – off terribly, terribly against Tulane in the football game. Then hosted. Who do we? Who do we even play? Bryant. Bryant. Bryant University. Bryant College, and we lost to them. We were favored by 20, 22 and a half points, twenty five points, twenty five, twenty five points. Lost to Bryant. Um, awful, awful loss for the. Uh, uh, <laughs> nationally ranked FAU basketball owls. So, and you guys were there for it all. Sorry to say. All right, let's move on to um, Memphis at Temple. This is, this is interesting. These are two teams that have had a disappointing year in the American conference for different reasons. 
Memphis was pretty much in conference con conference title contention all the way until last week when they lost to SMU. Thankfully, the Tigers got a backdoor cover, which helped me out. I, I, I won on every single one of my bets except for Michigan to cover. Uh, I, I did have Memphis eight and a half. I think it was eight and a half or nine and a half. Uh, yeah, they, they were given nine and a half. And, it, and it's, again, the SMU-Memphis game is always one possession games. It's been that way for the last five, six years. And it happened again. Uh, and Temple, I mean, Temple's just been bad. There's, there's no way around it. I mean, there's some talk that they would be like a sleeper in the AAC this year. Absolutely not. Three and eight overall, one and six in, uh, in the conference. This might, be, this might be completely empty stadium, Lincoln Financial Field. The series is tied, four and four all time. Uh, it's been alternating every single year. Got to go Memphis here, favored by 11 and a half. Ian, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think Memphis is just one step below the elite teams of this conference, and they're certainly a lot better than Temple. Certainly. Brandon, I mean, you're from the area. Um, what's your two cents on Temple? Well, uh, so first of all, Lincoln Financial Field is a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Um, Temple probably should not be playing there. Um, Memphis is going to crush them. Uh, I think Temple might need Al Golden back at this point. Oh, my God. You really think so? I don't know what they can do to succeed. Um, but They can do anything. Not Manny Diaz, that's for sure. I, I really don't think that they that there's like anything Temple. Like, what is, what is the draw? You know, it, it's, it's a basketball city, when at least when it comes to college basketball. Um, you're playing off campus in a massive stadium. I mean, it's kind of like at least – it's kind of like USF, but at least USF, at least you're in Florida where you can recruit locally. Um, reminds me of UMass when UMass were playing at the Patriots Stadium. At least now UMass is on campus, so that helps. But yeah, Temple, I don't know. They, they need a cultural reset. You know who does not need a cultural reset? The Toledo motherfucking Rockets. Toledo won, the, uh, won their division, the MAC. Uh, I think on the Mac West. That's right. They are traveling to Mount Pleasant to take on the Central Michigan Chippewas. Uh, the Rockets are favored by ten and a half this game. Also on noon, Black Friday, ESPNU. Rockets lead the all-time series twenty-eight to zero. <laughs> this is something that's funny though. Uh, they played in nineteen twenty-eight, nineteen twenty-nine, but they didn't play again until nineteen seventy-three. That massive hiatus when they're really not that far from each other is, is fascinating. Uh, now they have played every single year since 1975, and the Rockets are 11 and 2 since 2010. Is this a little sleeper spot with Toledo looking ahead to their conference championship game next week in Detroit against Miami of Ohio? Is, is, well, is there a pathway for the uh, chips to cause the upset here, Brandon? No, Jason Candle's going to have his boys absolutely chomping at the bit to finish this thing off strong. They are, they are a well-oiled machine. I'm not worried. I mean, the Chips need a win to go bowling. So what do you think, Ian? They got something to play for? Toledo? I mean, this is practically a bye week for them. I, I think uh, Central Michigan's going to put up a little more fight than a bye week, if you ask me. But, yeah, Toledo oh. should, should cruise. I think. I, no, no, I agree, definitely. I think Toledo will see it as a bye week because 
Um, there's there's nothing to play for here for the Rockets. They they already won their division, and and you know you don't want to have any injuries going into the MAC championship game. So sorry to cut you off. What what, what were you saying there? Oh, I think I disagree with that. Uh, I th- I think they can make a statement win and show everybody that they might be deserving of that G5 spot. Oh, my gosh. You think so, huh? Hey, in a 12-team playoff, which is what we're coming to, they, they might have a lot more to play for. Well, that that's fair. That's fair. But that's not this year. That's next. Mm-hmm. Um, Toledo's going to need, what, Tulane to fall and then Liberty to fall. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. But you're right. You're right. A loss would definitely be the nail in the coffin into that um, New Year's Six Bowl dreams that they might have. Okay, so I, you know, I take it back, Ian. You're right. You're onto something. One more game for the uh, noon slate on Black Friday. Ohio going to Akron to face the Zips. This will be a CBS Sports Network. Bobcats have won 14 of the last 15 against Akron. Disappointing year for the Zips, no doubt about it. But to be fair, disappointing year for the Bobcats. Remember how we started this podcast saying, Ohio, this could be the year that they finally win the MAC for the first time in like 30, 40 years, something crazy like that. Couldn't even win the East. Miami of Ohio came out of nowhere to upend the Bobcats' reign. Can the Zips create some magic on a cold November night in northern Ohio, Brandon? No, Rourke, no. Rourke finish, Rourke's going to finish the season strong. Uh, he hasn't had that great of a season, not even touching yeah. 2,000 yards and a 2-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio, but I really believe in Rourke and Mr. Wiggles. <laughs> the, uh, the wide receiver, w- Wigglers, whatever. I love that. Uh, yeah, Kevin O'Rourke, we're, we're pretty high on him, quarterback for Ohio. Uh, the most athletic Canadian not named Steven Stamkos of the Tampa Bay Lightning. But, you know, Ohio's not an offensive team. I mean, he's only had 10 touchdowns with five picks. Not great. They're all about that defense, baby. That defense is the real deal. And I think they're going to stifle Akron. Take the under here. The over-under is 41.5. Ian, where are you between the Bobcats and the Zips? I'm big on Bobcats. Honestly, for the, for the exact same reason Brandon was. Because yeah. I think I think Curtis Rourke is going to want to finish the season out strong. Yeah, I, I hope he goes to a great bowl game, someplace warm, plays a great team because he he deserves it. Uh, and I would love to see him play in that bowl game and not sit it out like a coward, like a sissy coward, just waiting to get drafted into the NFL. Okay, honestly, I don't mind it when players do that, but I want to see I want to see Rourke ball. Okay, I don't let's like have it. the. I don't What's like it that? when players do that, Jack. What was that? I don't like it when players sit for the bowl game. Yeah, come on, man. It it really just makes the bowl game meaningless. And it kind of already is meaningless, but it's put your best players out there. Let's head on over to the Friday afternoon slot. Here's a big one. We mentioned it earlier. UTSA, the Roadrunners, going to New Orleans to face number 24, Tulane. Tulane coming off a very impressive win against FAU, their very first time uh, covering the spread, I think, in conference play, because fuck us, that's why. Tulane is favored by a field goal here. This game will be on ABC, uh, and the winner of this game will face the SMU Mustangs in the the AAC championship game, first ever meeting between the two, Frank Harris and... um, 
uh, the guy just tore us up from Boca Raton, Michael Pratt. I mean, Michael what? Pratt. We know Brandon loves a quarterback matchup. Brandon, where where are you at here? Oh my goodness! This is my favorite game of the week. We got two fantastic quarterbacks. Personally, watched them tear the Owls apart in person twice. You know, each of them, Frank Harris and Michael Pratt. Both of them look great. Both of them, you can see them going through their progressions. They hit their receivers in stride. It's it's really cool to watch. Really, really good decision makers. Now, I will say this about this game. Did not expect this. Yulman Stadium seats, like, I think 30,000 people. There are a ton of tickets available for $4, $5, $6. I'm talking thousands of tickets. I am really, really shocked by that. Black Friday, man, in New Orleans. It's it's tough. It's really tough, but I am seeing a lot of UTSA fans. For those that don't know, UTSA has a great fan base over there in Alamo City. I see them trying to maybe change their Thanksgiving plans to make it to this game. Could be the biggest game in UTSA program history. Frank Harris, by the way, I mean, come on, dude. Come on. 411 passing yards last week. 112 rushing yards, without a doubt. Uh, it was a surprise to nobody. He was the conference offensive player of the week. Great game. Great to see him pop off again as well. Uh, Ian, where are you leaning here between the runners and the wave? Well, I was impressed with Tulane, the way they beat us. Saw it live with Brandon. Got front row seats. See the beating. Oh, lucky you. But even with that, I think I have to lean UTSA here. If for no other reason, then I'm a bit of a homer, and us new transfers got to stick together. I think, honestly, if their offense is as good as it has been and Frank Harris has another 400-plus yard day, they'll beat Tulane. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if if anyone has that kind of day, they're most likely going to win. For those that don't know, what Ian was alluding to with – with the new teams having to stick together, UTSA with FAU left Conference USA last year for the American Conference, along with Rice, North Texas, UAB, and Charlotte. Um, and yeah, we kind of have a little bit of a camaraderie with one another of six teams, even though you North Texas kind of pisses everybody off every once in a while. I'm getting that vibe from them in UAB and uh, UTSA. But that said, we all kind of have to look out for one another. I I appreciate that, but. Give me the wave. Same time as that one will be a Utah State going to Albuquerque to face <laughs> the New Mexico Lobos. Uh, the Aggies, they're favored by eight points here, CBS Sports Network. They also own a 16-13 to 13 advantage, having won six straight. And you know what? They need a win to go bowling. Give me the Aggies, baby. Brandon, what about you? you you're on the Aggie train? Oh yeah, Aggie trained big time on this one. Um, I I don't I don't love their quarterback play because it looks like they p- play between three to five quarterbacks every game, but that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, um, Hopkins seems to be like the main guy, Dylan Hopkins. Um, but it's just oh, I'm thinking of New Mexico. You're talking about Utah State, right? You, you yeah, said sorry. Me. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for, for our fans for getting that loss there. Yeah, because the Aggies have been doing a little kind of like what Nebraska was doing, and I feel like a lot of teams have been doing this this year, just kind of cycling through multiple quarterbacks. 
But you know, it, it could all be worthwhile if they go bowling. Ian, do you think it happens? I do think it happens. I think they're on a streak and they're playing really well with each other and they've tightened up and uh, they've been a lot better to watch this part of the season than in September. And I don't think New Mexico has much of a chance, honestly. Yeah, I mean, interesting, interesting. I mean, New Mexico is coming off a, a win, a shocking win against Fresno. It seems like Fresno is in some some serious trouble now. I mean, that was – they were ranked. We were all keen on Mikey Keene, the quarterback for the Bulldogs. Lobos got it right, but before that they lost three straight. Utah State uh, won two of their last three. The lone loss coming to Boise, even though, you know, Broncos how to go to um, – Logan Utah and uh, Broncos put down the put down the hammer on the Aggies. But hey, anytime an, a team called the Abbeys is playing in the state of New Mexico, I'm money, baby. I'm money. All right, let's move on here. Uh, here's a big one. <laughs> this this name for this rivalry game is so stupid. Number nine Missouri going to Fayetteville to take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. CBS uh, three thirty Black Friday. The battle line rivalry. Seriously, the worst name. Never heard of that before. They've only met 14 times. Mizzou leads the series 9-4. to four. And don't worry, America. The SEC said that these teams will be permanent rivals next year when Texas and Oklahoma join the league. So more borderline battles. Give it to me. Uh, Tigers favored by 7.5. I don't care if this game's in Fayetteville or Fairbanks, Alaska. Give me a... Give me Tigers and that awesome offense that they have by three touchdowns. Brandon, do you agree? Oh, yeah, big time. Missouri's going to run away with this one. You know, we love our pig suey on this pod, and I love to watch K.J. Jefferson tuck the ball and run. But, you know, Brady Cook is just going to – I think he's going to throw it over the top to Luther Burden two or three times. Yeah, uh, and news coming out of uh, Fayetteville just yesterday – Athletic director said that Coach Pittman will remain the Arkansas head coach next year. There were some rumors the past couple of weeks that he was on his way out. You know, at first I wasn't crazy about Arkansas hiring Pittman, but I kind of like him there. He's he's a Razorback through and through, so I hope it works out. I hope it works out next year much better than it did uh, did this year. Ian, do you think that 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 positive trend for the Razorbacks might start in earnest on Black Friday against their quote-unquote rival in Mizzou? Well, I think and I hope that they'll put up at least 24 points, Jack. But ultimately, I think Missouri runs away with it, like like you guys have been saying. Missouri's just that good of a team this year. They're the number nine team in the country for a reason. They have played the most inspired football against Georgia, for example. Everybody should watch that game. Uh, there's just, uh, I mean, Arkansas won late against Florida, which, of course, I loved to watch in a Florida State bar. But uh, ultimately, Missouri is just that good of a team. Yeah, and I didn't see that coming. I, I got to give Mizzou full credit to not see it coming. Great for them. And hey, did, didn't we say it a month ago? Mizzou, or not Mizzou, uh, Florida could lose out and not go bowling. Hey, yo, here we go. They haven't won since. Uh, let's move on. Big, big, big one in the Mountain West Conference. Friday afternoon, 
Uh, Fox Sports 1, winner of this game, can very well uh, face another team that we're going to talk about later in the Mountain West Championship game. Air Force at Boise State. The Broncos have won five of the last six. Both teams have been a bit disappointing. Air Force was obviously ranked at one point. We were so high on them. Boise at times has struggled, uh, but but they've righted the ship. Both teams are five and two. A loss eliminates them from conference championship contention. Doesn't get better in this. This is a de facto semifinal game. Still a bit disappointed in how uh, the season went for both programs. Give me, give me Boise though. Uh, Ian, where are you here this week? It's very interesting how much you've soured on America's former team, Jack. Air Force, I don't think, has had that bad of a season. They've taken a bit of a spill. I think they can get back up, and this is a perfect game to do it because Boise finds themselves in an okay spot in the conference after a really rough start. Like you said, they've been more fun to watch. We said last week one of our storylines to look for was teams that were peaking at the right time. And yeah. I've, noticed, I've noticed that quite a few of these teams are doing that. But I think Air Force still has everything to play for. They can back into a spot in the conference title game, and they can win. And then yeah. maybe maybe they'll be the G5 team. You know, everybody's – you got you to gotta think of that because there's going to be like two spots plus going yeah. forward. I, I mean, I, I just don't see a, a three-loss Air Force team. Even if they win here and they win the Mountain West Championship game, I don't see a three-loss. Um, Mountain West team being the G5 representative, even if there's chaos that happens in front of them. I don't see it. I, I don't know. I mean, we were saying literally just a month ago that Air Force could be playing for a New Year's Six Bowl. And, and the fact that they've really struggled, I think they've won three or four since we've said that. Three losses in a row. Yeah, not not good. Falcons are in trouble. Obviously, we, we all love the United States Air Force, but they got to show us something. Brandon, do you think they can show us something on the Smurf turf in Boise, Idaho? Unfortunately, I don't. Three losses in a row to Boise State, winning uh, three out of their last five, including two really, really close losses, 37-30 to to Fresno State and 31-30 to to Colorado State. Boise State's playing really good football, um, especially after they fired their coach. So I think they pull this one out. They fired their coach, but yet they could – play in the conference championship game. Crazy. Ashton uh, Genty, running back for Boise, a player to watch there. Let's head on over to the Black Friday primetime slate. Texas Tech going to Austin to face the number seven Longhorns, ABC. Uh, UT is um, favored by 12.5. This is the battle for the Chancellor's Spurs. Who's the Chancellor? Like, like, Like Chancellor Palpatine? Emperor Palpatine here, Star Wars reference people. Uh, Texas win, and they are in the Big 12 championship game. A loss, and boy, oh boy, do we, we got some, we got a story here. A loss in, in at least, at least two of either Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or K-State. One of those, out of those three, if, if just two win, then we have, some crazy, crazy tiebreakers that's going to have to go down. There's a chance that all three of those teams win, and uh, all of a sudden there are four two-loss teams atop the Big 12. That would be great. Uh, Ian, where are you here between Texas Tech, you know, a team that you and I were both very high on as a sleeper in the Big 12 that kind of disappointed us, 
But that being said, where are you at in this game for the battle for the Chancellor Spurs? Well, that's a very interesting name for the rivalry. <laughs> it is. That is, Spurs. yeah. Um, I, I mean, I have to lean Texas here. And, and as far as Texas Tech goes, didn't their starting quarterback just announce that he's in the transfer portal? Is he still going to play? Uh, these are the uh, first things that come up for me. So I think Texas is just a much better put-together team. Sark has really built something there in, in the three years that he's been there. And they've got some of the best backs in the country. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a next man up type situation at the running back position. Uh, they're running back out for the year, second guy up. I'm pretty sure started the season or something stupid like that. I mean, they're just loaded. And Quinn Ewers is back at quarterback. Uh, he's healthy again. So, Brandon, are you also on the Longhorn train? I think there's a legit shot we see an upset here. You know, Texas Tech was a preseason media darling as a college football playoff dark horse. They've won three in a row, all really close games to okay teams, you know, UCF, Kansas, TCU. Um, let's see how Quinn yours is coming back from the injury. I think this is going to be more of a game than the 12-point line would lead you to believe. Interesting. Um, I think it's interesting that Texas might not play starting quarterback again. Uh, they didn't play starting quarterback against Kansas, Kansas, uh, Rice. Wyoming, the list goes on and on and on. It's it's just crazy how how many times they've been able to dodge a starting quarterback play. I'm not saying that Texas is fraudulent by any means. In fact, I kind of hope that Texas makes the college football playoff. I would much rather see them than um, two SEC teams yes. in there. And, and yeah, no, and teams. the pathway is there for them, is don't you think? A lot of chaos would need to happen, I think, but it could happen. Very well could. I and mean, we could see, uh, you know, we know that one of the Big Ten teams will go ahead and uh, will bow out between Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC championship game, Florida State, I mean, I'm sorry, Ian. We're going to talk about George Travis later. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. All we're going to say is that there's a pathway there. We'll say that for now. Let's move on uh, to one of the best rivalry game names there is, even though this game sucks, if you ask me. The Land Grant Trophy. That's right. Number 12 Penn State will be traveling to Sparty to face Michigan State. NBC Friday night primetime. Uh, they've played since 1914. The series is tied 18 games apiece. Uh, you're probably thinking, you know, they've been playing since 1914, but only 36 games between them? Well, remember that Penn State was independent forever. I feel like for like, I think it really was a century until 1990 when they finally joined the uh, Big Ten. That being said, I, I feel like Penn State has not looked good on the road. So, uh, Ian, where are you here between Penn State and Michigan State? Well, I want to lean Penn State, but they really need to impress me. Yeah. And they haven't so far... And I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to do that. Drew Aller is really looking for that gimme game. He's had a lot of flashes. We really want him to be the next guy who's better than Sean Clifford, who can really take Penn State to the next level. And this year wasn't the year, but maybe next year's the year, but we got to see improvement. I don't know if he has, man. I haven't seen him throw the ball 20 yards downfield. I mean, even... Kate Klubnick has been able to do that for Ohio State, and we were dunking on him. I'm, I'm not sold on Aller. 
Brendan, what, where are you this week? Yeah, hundred percent. I totally agree. Penn State's gonna win. This conference sucks. Um, and I just, you know, Drew Aller was really high on him coming into the season, just as pretty much everyone else was. The one thing he's done a really good job of is not turning the ball over. He only has one interception, but besides that, he doesn't push the ball down the field. He doesn't have exceptional accuracy. He doesn't really make much happen with his legs. Um, I'd like to see a great game from him, though. I will say, regarding his legs, I did win money on him getting more than 11.5 rushing yards. Um, that was that was a bet that I heard from the college football experience, a podcast that I, I highly look up to. Definitely more gambling-focused rather than sicko memes like we do here. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, he doesn't have any picks because he doesn't throw it downfield. Pretty easy to protect the ball when you keep dropping it down over and over and over and over again. Ridiculous. All right, here's going to be a big one. This is how we're going to finish off Black Friday on Fox. Um, this might be, I think, I think either the most violent or at least the second most violent, and I mean that in every sense of the word, of violence, game all year long, especially uh, of the week, because obviously uh, Ohio State Michigan will be up there. It's fucking Civil War. Oregon State, Oregon, on Fox, Black Friday, primetime, with what could be the last Civil War for a very, very long time. I mean, with Oregon going to the Big Ten, are we really about to ditch this, one of the best rivalry games in football, for Oregon to play Maryland? Like, like, like this, is, this was a conscious decision. By the by, the decision makers that, that that they think this is a good idea it makes me sick. Makes me sick. And even though I I'm impressed by Oregon and how they and how they have been doing later on in the year since their loss to Washington, I'm I'm going Beavs. I I, I really think the Beavs will be playing pissed because these are two teams and schools and cities that hate the crap out of each other. And there's something to play for here for the uh, for the Beavs. Brandon, where are you here? Do you think the Ducks pull it out? They're favored by 13 and a half. So, I mean, that's a pretty sizable spread. It, the game is in Eugene as well. That helps. I think Ducks absolutely pull this out, but I want the Beavers to win so bad. And we'll get to this later on, but, you know, the Apple Cup, they signed that up for another four years. So there's no reason they cannot keep playing this game. That doesn't mean they're going to keep playing this game, but – you know, Oregon and Oregon State can decide to play this game if they want to. Yeah, hopefully, get your shit together, guys. Your public institutions do the public a service here by continuing to hate each other. <laughs> uh, Ian, what about you between beeves and ducks? Give me the ducks. Quack, quack, give, baby. Give me the ducks eight times out of ten, I'm saying. I mean, dude, Bonex, he's just having fun. He's just having fun. Let's go, uh, let's go to the game that might be more violent than the Civil War. The game. Yeah, that's right. We're on Saturday now, noon on Fox. Number two, Ohio State going to Ann Arbor to play number three, Michigan. The Wolverines are favored by three and a half. It's the game, baby. Wolverines lead 60 to 51 all time with six ties. Game was first played in 1897. And, and, and just to go as far as, as Ohio and Michigan hate each other, they literally went to war with one another in the 1830s. Look up the Toledo War if you're unfamiliar. 
so th this hate runs deep. This game will be violent. Oh, man, Wolverines, they struggled. They struggled against Maryland on the road last week. Brandon, what do you think here? Do you think that Maryland gave Ohio State a um, blueprint on how to have the Wolverines struggle that doesn't involve you know, stealing signs? No, so this conference sucks, and Michigan wins this game in a really, really boring 10-7. to 7. So they oh, don't cover, but they I win. Hope. I really hope not. Uh, Ian, where are you? Wow. Um, okay. Well, half of me wants to agree with Brandon, except the other way around. But the other half actually wants to value the game. And I think Jim Knowles in year three is going to take Ohio State and their defense is going to stop J.J. McCarthy. And they'll win. And I don't think because, because I don't think Ryan Day can afford to handle three losses in a row to his rival. I just don't think it's going to happen. Do you think his job will be on the line? I do not think his job will be on the line, but I think he'll be under school pressure, like he, like he won't be in their good graces anymore, if you know what I mean. Here's the hypothetical. The loser of this game, do you think there's any chance to make the college football playoff? Let's say, for example, Florida State loses to UF, Louisville loses to Kentucky, uh, or Florida State later on, or vice versa, whatever. Those two teams are going to play each other in the uh, championship game in the ACC. Bama mm -hmm. loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Let's say Oregon either loses Civil War uh, and then probably doesn't even play in the uh, Pac-12 championship or loses in the Pac-12 championship to Washington again. Do you think, therefore, if those things happen, which, which could, that there's a pathway for the loser of the game to make the CFP? Or, or do you think someone like Texas at that point has to step in? I think I think the positioning would be Texas at that point. What, uh, if, what if Texas loses? Well, if Texas loses, then Price, could you imagine? Then the, then the next best team would probably have to be Missouri, which you couldn't take. So yeah, it would have to be. It's unfortunate. I really wish that it wasn't so that we were treating both of these teams the same when one team has had a couple signature wins, has a vastly improved defense, has yeah. a serviceable offense, and the other team, unfortunately, we would like to say the same thing, but they're bitten. they've been mired in scandal, and they've played absolutely nobody so far, so we haven't really gotten a fair look at them, I don't think. Ohio okay. State has beaten Notre Dame, and they've played a tougher schedule. Notre Dame? Ohio State. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that win over Notre Dame is, is impressive that Ohio State has on the road in South Bend, mind you. Um, fuck it, dude. If that happens, give me UNLV. UNLV played more teams with a, with a winning record than Michigan did. Disregard that Michigan beat UNLV earlier in the year. I don't care. UNLV is the best team in the nation now. Or New Mexico State, our team of the week, baby. Give it to me. <laughs> Let's get a move on here. Uh, Saturday noon, we're keeping it here. We're going to switch over to ABC, the Governor's Cup. Kentucky Wildcats at number 10, Louisville Cardinals. Uh, their first meeting was in 1912, but they've only played 35 times. That is so soft. This Commonwealth, this state, they don't know what's good for them. Wildcats lead 1915. But as we mentioned earlier, the Cards have clinched a spot in the ACC championship game. Give me the Cards. They're favored by seven. Uh, they will cover. Brandon, where are you here? 
Yeah, Jack Plummer has them rolling at home, uh, and they take down Devin Leary and the Wildcats. Again, another really good quarterback matchup. These two love tossing the pigskin around the gridiron, but Jack Plummer comes away with it. Ian? I agree. I think Louisville scores 50-plus. Damn. Just just hyper-offense. You think it's just, I mean, a statement game, maybe. We'll see. Uh, we're keeping it rolling. ESPN now, noon, Saturday, Texas A&M Aggies without a head coach, playing number 15, Louisiana State Tigers. Go Tigers. Tigers are favored by 10 and a half. Uh, LSU leads the series all-time 31 to 23 with three ties. How is this? There's no name for this rivalry. They're not that far from each other. College Station and Baton Rouge. Give me the Tigers. Brandon, where are you at here? Same Tigers. Um, I think Texas a and puts put. I think they put up a fight, but Jaden yeah. Daniels wins. May, he might win his Heisman on on uh, on Saturday. Um, fun fact: Ed Orgeron was Ed Orgeron was at the FAU Tulane game on Saturday. Coach O was there uh, rooting for the Green Wave. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I love Coach O. Would love to see him back in college football. Um, Daniels. I mean, he's definitely making it out. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to be talking about the Heisman race next week when we also talk about conference championship games. So keep that thought in there, Brandon. Ian, where are you here between Aggies and uh, Tigers? Go Tigers. LSU up big for the same reason as Louisville last game because I think the offense is just that, just that good. They're going to score quite a bit. Texas a is going to play uninspired football because their season is done. They're, they're already, already recycling. They get a bowl game. Texas A&M has a bowl game to look forward to. I think AM's, I mean, I know AM's defense is better than LSU's defense. I'm not saying AM's defense is great. They've had some good games defensively. Uh, but that that geez Louise, that LSU defense is leaky. Not good. Uh, let's move on. Big Ten Network. Again, noon Saturday, the old Oaken Bucket. Indiana at Purdue. Uh, they've been playing since 1891. They've been playing annually since 1920, the good old days, baby. Was there even the Ford Pass back then? Jesus, make football great again. Hey, is uh, Hoosiers uh, head coach Tom Allen, is he in trouble here? We talked about that the last couple weeks. I think he is, but I think I think the Hoosiers get it done. They've looked much improved over the last month. I think they upset the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. Brandon, are you with me here? Yeah, you referenced the forward pass. I'm not sure they'll be using that all that much of that on Saturday. Um, I, I, I have Purdue because I think Hudson Card will will have a good game against a soft, a softer Indiana defense. But I don't know. Big Ten Network three and eight versus three and eight. I, I don't like this conference. Yeah, this conference sucks, as we've been saying all year. Ian, where are you between uh, Boilmakers and Hoosiers? I'm rooting for sickos, Jack. It's going to be a crazy affair. I hope for a lot of interceptions and a lot of sacks and a lot of fumbles and a lot of touchdowns and a lot of just scrappy football. But if I had to choose, I guess I would probably go with Purdue. Yeah, I don't think Tom Allen's in trouble, to be fair. I'm not sure Indiana can do much better unless they invest a lot more into their athletics. If you notice, their basketball has kind of regressed as well. It's unfortunate to watch because they used to be such a storied program. They had Michael Penix. 
Don't forget that, everybody. They had Michael Penix. He transferred out west. He left for greener pastures. Yep. The pride of, of uh, Tampa Bay Tech uh, High School, Michael Penix. How, how did you let someone like that through your fingers? Crazy. Yeah, that's going to be a sicko game. Uh, but if you want to know, going from sicko to what I think will be the best game of the season, you all already know what it is. Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders. They're going to be playing at the Sam Houston State Bobcats. This game is so stupid. Bearcats. Um, Bearcats. And it's Bearcats with a K, not a C. With a K. I was just going to say with a K. With a K, yeah. Take that, Cincinnati. Shove it up your ass. Uh, They're 1-1 all-time series. Sam Houston won in 1956. (laughs) Blue Raiders won by one point in 1991. Oh, my God. Uh, Blue Raiders are favored by three and a half. ESPN Plus, give me the Bearcats. I texted Brandon on Saturday morning. I said, if I'm addicted to one thing, it's betting on the Bearcats, baby, because they have come through throughout the month. Uh, UTEP, Kennesaw State, Louisiana Tech, Western Kentucky, they covered in Bowling Green against the Hilltoppers last week, even though they lost by five. I'm all on Keegan Shoemaker. Remember how awful the the Bearcats' offense was. This defense is still very good. Um, defense has become a little more leaky of late. But that being said, the offense is much improved. Middle Tennessee, head coach, Stock still, Rick Stock still still there. Is is his time limited? Don't know. No. You don't think you think he's there forever? No. That school shuts down if he's fired. There will be no more Middle Tennessee State University. Um, with that said, I got the Bearcats here, and I think they go bowling next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ian, are you on the Bear, Bearcat train with us, man? Where I've, the- al- I've always been on the Bearcat train with you guys. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We've been rooting for them for two months, and they've finally got their ship around. It's been a long and slow process, but it's been fun. Weeknight football. They've carried oh. our interest. How about that for your first year in the FBS? Yeah, so, so I mean – I as, as a t- you know, we're, we're fans of a team that used to be in Conference USA. I'm happy that we're gone because I don't want to play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. But the fact that for the entire month of October, they took the MAC approach where they're playing on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to get that extra attention. As a neutral, it's been great. We love Sam Houston. We, I think we've been diehard Sam Houston fans lifelong for the last two months. Love it. Let's, hunt, let's head up north. Uh, UConn Huskies going to um, Amherst to play the UMass Minutemen game of the century right here. <laughs> this game has played since 1897. I mean, that is a rivalry. Take that, Nebraska and Iowa. UMass leads the series, believe it or not, 38-36 to 36 with two ties. Give me the Huskies. They're favored by two and a half. Brandon, are you with me here? Jim yeah, Bora. I'm with Jim Bora. Yeah, all the way. Ian, where are you? UMass, UConn, game of the century? I'm actually at UMass. I think Tyson Pumenchan needs his big game, and he what might get one here. That's that actually why I, I didn't pick oh. UMass because I didn't want to have to pronounce his name. <laughs> I watched the New Mexico State game. He was pretty good, I thought, and hasn't been that way since. Well, I mean, hey, if he played well against the best team in the nation, New Mexico State, then that has to be worth something. So great pick there, Ian. Uh, let's head to Durham. Pitt Panthers will be traveling uh, to take on Duke. Duke favored by six. This will be on the ACC network. Ian, I mean, you're the resident Duke guy. Why, why don't you lead us off here? Where are you going here? 
<laughs> well, thanks for asking, Jack. Um, I think this is a must-win game for Duke. Pitt is not a good team. Uh, Pat Narduzzi seems to have regressed in his uh, uh, something about his team. I don't think yeah. it's his coaching, but the team isn't as tough. Where Duke is not making mistakes, they kind of are. And it's it's been interesting to see the trade-off, to be honest, because Duke's second half of the season has kind of imploded them. I've said I've said that earlier in this podcast. For those of you who don't remember, they started out very strong, and then they lost to Florida State, and then they lost to Notre Dame, and then the wheels kind of came off, and they've they've lost six games this season. They're on track to that it's that Louisville game. That Louisville game especially, sorry, and that Louisville game especially, I think was the the white flag in the season for the Blue Devils. Do you agree? I do. I do. The wheels just fell off the wagon, like I said before. They couldn't they couldn't drive it down the field. They couldn't score a single point. It was it was just a total drubbing, and they've never really recovered. Yeah, Pitt uh Pitt head coach Pat Narduzzi, you mentioned that earlier. Um he was a really big name at the start of the season. You're probably thinking that he could go elsewhere to get a, a big job. Obviously, the Panthers have not fared well this year, 3-8 and eight this season, although they did something that Duke couldn't. They beat Louisville. That's Louisville's one loss. Probably the worst loss out of all playoff uh, contenders right now, which does not fare well for the Cardinals. That being said, uh, Pat Narduzzi threw his players under the bus uh, multiple times this year, saying that they just don't care. I wonder, does Narduzzi even want to stay at Pitt? Does he want to go somewhere else? And then does the team even going to want him after he threw his players under the bus. Not a good look. Not a great situation in Pitt. Brandon, where are you here between uh, Duke and Pitt? Yeah, so in the beginning of the year, um, when the whole Michigan State thing went down, I thought Pat Narduzzi would have been a natural fit to go back there um, because he had been there one and two, all that Big Ten funny money. Um, Watching him this year and how he threw his players under the bus, just like you just said, I cannot stand that. I hate when coaches throw their players under the bus. You're the coach. You're the CEO. It's your team. Everything, the buck stops with you. So he loses this game, and he, unfortunately, you know, I think he gets fired the day after. You think You think so? I, I, I think Pitt is going to wait to see if they can get someone to uh, buy out the contract first. I think that would be the wise decision, at least. Let's keep it moving. Fox Sports 1. Uh, the Houston Cougars are going to the bounce house, going to Orlando to face the UCF Knights. The Knights, pretty disappointing season in the Big 12. Gus Malzahn, uh, John Reese Plumlee, I expected better. That offense is very, very good. Got to be fair, Houston has a pretty solid offense as well. But the Knights need a win to go bowling. Knights are favored by 13 and a half. I'm all on the Gus bus still. Ian, uh, there's room if you want to join me on the bus. Oh, I'm absolutely joining you, Jack. I've, I've hoped for Gus to get his big wins in this conference. And there is certain dominance here in this game, and I hope they win big. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's really all the newcomers in the, in the Big 12. Uh, Houston, UCF, Cincy, and BYU kind of struggled, although there's been times where UCF has looked great, like two weeks ago against Oklahoma State, for example. Um, BYU in a losing effort looked pretty good against Oklahoma last week. So, um, I just expected a little more from them, uh, UCF in particular, Brandon, where are you here between the Knights and the Cougs? 
Yeah, definitely UCF, even though I love my Yabu Cougar football. Um, JRP is going to have a big game. I'm expecting Javon Baker to absolutely go off. And then I think the three-headed monster of RJ Harvey, Xavier Townsend, and Mark Antony Richards are going to split carries on Saturday. Just my prediction. And I think they're all going to do real well. Here's a good one here. Um, some storylines. Navy, 5-5, five and five going to Dallas to play SMU. SMU already has their ticket punched to the AAC championship game. I think that they rest um, Stone for sure, their quarterback, who's killer, almost has 3,000 yards passing. Just stupid numbers. Navy, five and, high, five and five. They have two chances to win one more game to go bowling. Okay. Obviously, it doesn't look good or it doesn't look likely against SMU. Um, SMU is laying 20 and a half points to the midshipmen. But then, do you really want to risk having to get a win? against Army in, in one of the biggest rivalry games the following week, uh, in, in a couple weeks, I should say. I don't know. I think Navy is going to try and make some noise happen, uh, make something happen, make some noise. I think SMU is going to rest some starters. I don't think SMU should put out their top, top effort because I don't see them getting the G5 playoff spot in the New Year Six. I don't know. They're going to need some things to fall their way. It is possible, as Ian mentioned earlier with Toledo, but I, I just I just think that's high uh, high risk for a low reward because I, I don't think the chances uh, are lining up for them. That being said, Brandon, where are you? Navy and SMU. SMU wins this one going away. But what's shocking me about this game is tickets are available for eleven dollars, and there are yeah. plenty of them. I you know Navy is a traditional draw, and SMU wants to play with the big boys. These are games that you have to sell out, especially if you're having a good season. Well, yeah, enjoy that ACC. Uh, Ian, where are you between the midshipmen and the Mustangs? Uh, the ACC will enjoy that, Jack. <laughs> will they? Yeah, they'll enjoy keeping some of their paycheck. How about that? <laughs> well, SMU wins this one big. I agree. Okay. It's, it's, it's at least three scores. I'm, I'm curious if they do start, if they do bench some of their starters, if we see them come in in the second half. Just something to keep an eye out for. Uh, noon, Saturday, ESPN2. Let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. Uh, Troy going to Hattiesburg to play Southern Miss. Southern Miss played pretty well against Mississippi State. Um, Frank Gore Jr. won me some money. Thank you. He was like over under 64 rushing yards. I think he had 65 on the dot. Thank you very much. Um, USM leads the series 8-4. to four. And, and they played every year, mind you, um, between 1934 and 1940. Again, four pass. Was it there? Doubt it. Sounds great to me. But give me Troy. Uh, Troy, uh, they won the Sun Belt West. They are legit, nine and two record, six and one in, in, in the in conference play. Southern Miss, they're a three win team, and I don't understand how they're not good. Give me Troy, uh, Brandon. Are you with me? Yep, same. Troy and Gunnar Watson has a twenty four to four touchdown interception ratio. He played really well last week. Expecting the same. Ian, exactly what y'all said. Go Troy. They've already locked it up. Go Troy. Here we go. All right, we're going to start blowing through these. Uh, Ian's NIU Huskies <laughs> against uh, Kent State. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from way back when. Yeah, I, I, I told what you were buying, and it screwed me. NIU Huskies uh, at Kent State to play the Golden Flashes. We try to be positive here, but there's no way around it. Kent State, not a great situation um, after their head coach left to become the offensive coordinator uh, at Colorado just to be fired midseason for some schmuck. Um, Kent State might be the worst team in FBS football 
and it's, it's a real shame to see because they were in the MAC championship game just a few years ago. Huskies are favored by 18 and a half. Huskies win and they go bowling. Let's go Huskies, baby. Uh, Ian, because this was your team that you sold me on. You sold me on a fucking beachfront property in Idaho. Um, where you at here? I still got it, Jack. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure you do. I'm all NIU because Kent State is, unfortunately, close to the worst. Yeah, there's no way around it. We, we, we try to be positive. It's really hard to find something here for the flashes. It's tough. Uh, Brandon, what, where about you for the uh, Huskies and flashes? Where you at? I definitely got the Huskies here. But uh, speaking of beachfront property in Idaho, I heard there's some really nice beachfront property in the Kibbe Dome. <laughs> The uh, was that a shout out for the Idaho Vandals? Yes, sir. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Idaho Vandals uh dropped from FBS to FCS once the uh whack went under. That is that is great, and they're doing pretty well out there, to be fair. Uh, it's it's been a good move for them, good transition. They now have that annual rivalry game with Idaho State, the Bengals. Great to see it. All right, let's keep it rolling, let's keep it going to the Mac. Uh, Miami of Ohio, they have clinched. The Mac East Division. They will be playing Toledo in Detroit. They are traveling to Muncie, the home of David Letterman, to face the Ball State Cardinals. Chirp, chirp. Red Hawks are favored by six and a half. This will be CBS Sports Network. Can Miami of Ohio? Do you think they? I mean, this is the question I'm posing here for teams that already have a position in the championship game locked. Could they be sleepwalking before? The MAC championship game, can they get caught? Because Ball State has had moments where they looked good. I don't think so. I think the Red Hawks get it done. Brandon, what do you think? I would more expect a team that has no chance at making a bowl to be sleepwalking, though. You know, you got nothing to fight for. Um, I got the Red Hawks. Yeah. Ian? Yeah, same thing. Yeah, Ball State's not fighting for anything here. It's four and seven. Um, yeah, just tough. Just tough. All right. The game you've all been waiting for. That's right. We're saving it for right now. The Owl Bowl. The Owl, Owl. Florida, Owl Bowl, baby. Florida Atlantic uh, Owls traveling to Houston to take on the Rice Owls. Rice, Rice are five-point favorites. Uh, this is 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. The series is tied at two. Um, but, hey, the Owls from Boca Raton have won two straight. In this series. Yeah, yeah, in the series, not overall. In the series, yeah. Yeah, very important to point out. Um, give me Rice. Is, is, uh, yeah. Daniel, is, um, is JT Daniels going to be playing? Because he, he's had some injury issues. So that, that's the question. If he's playing, give me Rice. If he's out, give me FAU. But I, I, I don't have a lot of confidence in our offense right now, especially okay. on the road. If he's playing, give me Rice. And if JT Daniels is not playing, also give if, me Rice. What Do you want some spaghetti instead? Nope, just rice. All right, bet. Ian, where are you? You guys make me sad. I uh, have to go FAU. As if the game that you were at last week didn't make you sad, we make you sad? Oh, trust me, Jack. It made me sad, but I think it's do or die for us. And I refuse to believe that this team uh, wants to continue to play for nothing. I think we see something happen. I don't know. They need to start another quarterback, like you said. If they have a shot. Yeah, but. give me Johnson Jr. Uh, I would love to see him. I'm curious how he can throw the ball. 
Uh, Rice, if they win, they're going bowling. I don't see it. They're playing for something we are not. We are yet again not going bowling. Um, fun fact, FAU, despite two conference championship games, um, FAU, besides 2020, which again doesn't count, has not gone bowling outside of their home stadium since 2008. They've gone bowling three times since then. Twice at the Boca Raton Bowl, which is in their own stadium, beating Akron and beating SMU. Uh, and then playing Memphis in the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. But again, 2020 doesn't count, and we got our ass kicked. So, not great. Not great, but at least we have basketball, right? Right? Question mark? Let's move on before I get triggered. Saturday afternoon slate, uh, Wake Forest at Cuse. Uh, Dino Babbers, uh, he's out as the orange um, head coach. Was really hoping I was going to work for him. It is not an easy place to win uh, Syracuse football. That being said, they're favored by three. <laughs> Figure that out. Uh, this game will be on the CW. Yes, you sir. Can, you can watch reruns of uh, Gossip Girl right afterwards. Can't wait. This series is tied 6-6 all time, although the Demon Deacons have won three straight. Give me the orange, baby. Give me uh, a Schrader the Shredder all fucking day. Brandon, where are you? Yeah, I'm going to be watching the fucking shit out of this game, probably with Ian on the CW Network. Absolutely. A team that just fired its coach fighting for bowl eligibility. Come yeah. on. This is the game. This is this is what college football is all about. Ian, are I mean, are you watching that one with Brandon, or are you uh, running far, far away? I suspect that will be on one of the four or five TVs we'll be watching. Hell yeah! God bless America, baby. But I think Wake Forest season has kind of collapsed, and Syracuse is consistent, bad but consistent, so they'll win. <laughs> okay, uh, move on. Tulsa Golden Hurricane traveling to Greenville to face the. Uh, ECU Pirates. This series is tied 8-8 all-time, although uh, Tulsa have won three straight. East Carolina head coach Mike Houston has fired the Pirates offensive coordinator. Will that make a difference? Well, can their offense score some points? I don't think so. But that being said, they can probably score points against Tulsa. Give me the Pirates. Brandon, are you, um, are you swashbuckling here? Yeah, the ECU is one of the most underrated teams. Really, really good defense, somewhat capable offense, kind of. I got East Carolina as well. Yeah, I, I think ECU is probably the best two-win team in the country after Sam Houston State. No, no offense to the Pirates. Uh, just, you can't, come on, it's Sam Houston. You got nothing on them. No one has anything on them. Ian, where are you between uh, Tulsa and ECU? I think I'm going to go counter to you guys, and I'm going to take Tulsa here in a very low-scoring affair because they played us pretty tough. Yeah, think, because we're bad. Ye of little faith, as my father would say. You guys are funny. <laughs> uh, let's keep it in the American. UAB going to Denton to face the uh, North Texas Mean Green. Mean Green favored by three. ESPN Plus. Blazers lead the series. Six to one, all time. Hot dog. Who saw that coming? The one win for North Texas was the uh, year UNT won the Conference USA West Division in 2017. But what happened in the conference? And then what? What happened in the conference championship game, y'all? Was that 49 to six or 69 to 30, 31? I forgot which which game that. I think it was 49 to six when uh, Lane oh. Kiffin dog walked the Mean Green. What a day that was. Um, 
This one's tough to call. Give me the Dilfers. Give me the Dilfin Dilfers, right? Nah, North Texas' offense is too good, I think. Give me the mean green. Brandon, where are you? Dilfs or uh, green? I got Dilfs. I got <laughs> Dilfs. UAB's offense has looked good at times, so power to them. Uh, Ian, where are you here? I'm taking UAB, too. Wow. All right. Let's, let's have a battle. All right. Get ready to, to send $5 to my Venmo here, boys. Um, Denton at home or North Texas at home in Denton. Give that to me all day. By the way, this will be a rematch of the NIT, the college basketball NIT championship game last year that uh, North Texas won. Great, great game that was. Uh, let's head on over to the Sun Belt, Georgia State. Going to Norfolk to face the Old Dominion Monarchs. Georgia State's catching three points. That's right. Monarchs are favored by three. Monarchs lead this series three to one. Uh, that's, you know, only played four times. But remember, both these programs are pretty new. First game is in 2010 when they were still members of the FCS. Monarchs went from Conference USA to the Sun Belt just last year. So they will play annually now. And I think this rivalry game has room to grow. These are both urban center institutions in the two largest cities in the Sun Belt East, Atlanta and Norfolk. Uh, Brandon, where are you here between uh, the Panthers and the Monarchs? The Panthers have lost, I think, four games in a row. The Monarchs are hotter and have lost some really tight matchups. I got the Monarchs here by at least 10. Ian? I think, honestly, it could go either way. But I think I want to lean Georgia State because I feel like if not now, when? Yeah, that rushing attack is really impressive. I, I've, I've, we've been really high on the Panthers throughout the year, even though they have struggled as of late. Um, Darren Granger, great. Carroll running back, we love him. Uh, Monarchs, win and they go bowling. Georgia State is already bowl eligible. So um, something to play for there. It'll be interesting, but give me the Panthers for sure. All right, Rumble in the Rockies, baby. Colorado Buffaloes and uh, Utah Utes, number 22 ranked Utes. Thank you very much. They're favored by 21 and a half. Don't bother trying to find this game. You won't find it. It's on the Pac-12 network, so good luck. Uh, <laughs> these two teams have been playing since 1903. And some news here out of Salt Lake City, Utah quarterback Cam Rising has announced that he will return next year. Yes, that is right. He will be in college longer than me, and that is really <laughs> really saying something. The Utes lead this all-time series 34 to 32 with three ties. Colorado did not look great against Wazoo uh, last Friday, I believe. I did lose money on that one. Jordan Sanders really got banged up. Give me the Utes here. Uh, yeah, Colorado's not good away from home. Give me the Utes big. Brandon, what about you? Same, I got the Utes. You know, good thing Good thing this game's on the Pac-12 network and no one can watch, you know, ranked team versus one of the most watched teams in the entire country. That's awesome. Yep, that's why the conference is dying. Ian, where are you? Give me Utah big. All right, let's keep it going. Um, rivalry game of the century, Western Kentucky Hilltop. Western by 50. <laughs> because, and, and you're saying that because the, the toppers are playing FI who? Yeah, we're not fans of FIU. Um, eventually, FAU will be playing FIU again in Rivalry Week, where nobody's going to care because FIU has zero fans, and FAU at least has the three of us. So, <sighs> I had to, guys. I'm sorry. Hilltoppers are favored by 10. This will be on ESPN+. Toppers lead the series 10-6 to 6 and have won eight 
out of the last 10. Give me the toppers. Big, big toppers. Really, really disappointing season for them. They're expecting to not only play for the Conference USA Championship, but win it. They're not going to be in that championship game at all. They're not going to get a sniff of it. I think they're going to take it out in the Panthers. Brandon, do you agree? Yeah, the West Florida Argonaut is Austin Reed, and he is going to take it out on the Panthers 100%. Yeah, 3,000 passing yards. Expect him to get a, a shit ton more. Ian, where are you? I'm in complete agreement. FIU is not going to put up much of a fight. No. Uh, they, they might be the most fraudulent four-win team in the country. I want, Not one of those wins have been against a, uh, uh, a winning record, team with a winning record, except for North Texas. Yeah, so, and that was super fraudulent. Um, they're just not good. Give me the tops all day. Battle of the Bayou, Louisiana Monroe going to Lafayette to take on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, who are favored by 12. Uh, Cajuns lead this series all time, 31-26, and they need a win to go bowling. Something to play for. Give me the Cajuns. Brandon? Oh, yes, sir. I love Raging Cajun football. Yeah, there you go. Ian, are you with, uh, I mean, Warhawks? Hey, I mean, uh, Bowden, Terry Bowden's there. He's been doing well in his uh, little suit and tie on the sidelines of Monroe, Louisiana. Are you going to buy in? Yeah, I think I'm in agreement with you guys. I, I try to give them something. Yeah. Um, they're just not good. All right, moving on. Here's a good game. San Jose, who's looked much, much improved. Remember, we were high on them to the start of the season. Uh, they were a bit disappointing in midway point, and now they're coming on strong, taking on the Rebels in Las Vegas. UNLV, favored by three. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. If you told me that the Rebels could play in the Mountain West Championship game, I would say there's just no way. But a win here, and they're punching their ticket. In fact, they could even host the Mountain West Championship game. What a story that could be. Um, uh, uh, Barry Odom, what he's doing there, the head coach at, at UNLV. Great, great story. And that huge, huge win over the Falcons last week on the road. Give me UNLV. They, they're just. They're just different gravy right now. I mean, they've been slept on time and time and time again, and they keep proving that they belong. I think that they're going to punch their ticket, Brandon. What do you think about that? I disagree. San Jose State Spartans, Chevon Cordero is my fucking jam. I think he pulls the upset here, and they overcome the Rebels. Yeah, really impressive win um, the last couple weeks for the Spartans. This is going to be such a good game. I mean, if it wasn't for it Saturday afternoon having such a heavy slot, I think this would be the game I'd have on the main TV. Ian, uh, how do you feel about San Jose and UNLV? I think it's going to be a really close, really physical game, but I think UNLV does come out on top. I think they're the better coach team, and I honestly think, aside from quarterback, they're the more talented team. Speaking of uh, uh, well-coached, do we think Barry Odom is uh, going to go somewhere else? I mean, he's UNLV, he's definitely surpassed expectations. I think he's a solid candidate for some places, but ultimately I don't think he goes anywhere. Brandon, do you agree? Yeah, not only do I think he's had his shot and a lot of teams are shying away from retreads, but I don't know, man. If I was Barry Odom, he's probably making over a million dollars a year. He lives in Vegas. The expectations aren't too high. I would, I would want to stay. Like. <laughs> What if, what if what if what if you can go to a place like Boise? 
Or San Diego? No. 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 Maybe San Diego. You think so? Cost of living is going to go up, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather stay in Vegas. You're right. All right. Let's head on over to um, one of the biggest rivalries in sports, Iron Bowl. I've been, I've been saying that all episode long, and it's been like, oh, yeah, you know, Western Kentucky, FIU. No, seriously. <laughs> number eight, Alabama. And um, they've been playing at Auburn against New Mexico State's bitch, uh, the Auburn Tigers. <laughs> The Tide are uh, favored by 15. This will be CBS at 3.30. I mean, this was one game where I was thinking maybe Auburn could catch the Tide slipping. And and to be fair, I think War Eagle was just looking ahead to the Iron Bowl when they did lose New Mexico State. Um, If they listened to our pod, they would have known that they could not sleep on the Aggies, and they did. Diego pissing Pavia was pissing all over. War Eagle. Um, but that being said, give me the tide for sure. Do you agree, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, there's overlooking and then there's losing by three touchdowns to someone that you paid $1.8 million to come to your house and embarrass you. So, roll tide. Ian, what about you? I think, as we said last week, and it's even truer today, Alabama is a team that is peaking at the right time, and I think they're going to roll all over Auburn. And Hugh Freeze is going to put up a decent fight, but he's got a lot to work on. Yeah, it's, I mean, Milrow's been much improved. He's been one of the most improved quarterbacks, I think, in the entire country. Um, Alabama is fighting to still make the college ball playoff, and it is certainly possible. They are definitely in play for that. So, I, I, this is going to be a game where they're not going to let up. There's just no way. So, uh, I feel bad for um, Auburn, but that's some breaks, baby. Let's head on over to the duel in the desert. ESPN, you'll be able to watch number 17, Arizona Wildcats. Go to Tempe to take on the ASU, Arizona State Sun Devils. Cats favored by 11.5. Winner of the Duel of the Desert claims the Territorial Cup, which is, fun fact right here, the oldest trophy in college football. Created in 1899. Oh, boy. Uh, Cats lead the series all-time 50-45. to 45. Um... They currently hold the trophy after taking it from the Sun Devils last season. Can the Cats retain it? An Arizona win paired with an Oregon loss in the Civil War, and all of a sudden Arizona would be facing Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Massive stakes on the line here. Give me the Cats. Big. They're favored by 11.5. I think they win by 24. Brandon, do you agree? Yeah, I got Arizona going away in this one. They're going to be a great addition to the Big 12. They're like a, a West Coast UCF. Yeah, I mean, I mean, same, same with ASU as well. Party school, huge enrollments um, between the two of them. Same, same with Utah and Colorado. Just massive, massive uh, addition for the Big 12. Ian, where do you stand here? I agree with you guys. There are very few teams that are peaking at the right time, as well as Arizona. They have, they have beaten so many ranked teams. They're so well-coached now. They're so disciplined. They're so physical. Arizona State doesn't have a chance in this game. They have something to prove. They have their whole season ahead of them. They control their own destiny, provided some chaos happens. And this, they're going to yeah. play like it. Yeah, I mean, with some chaos in front of them, it really it's not far-fetched chaos. All they need is Oregon State to – to beat Oregon and Oregon state's going into that game pissed off more than anyone else in the entire country. So um, it can definitely happen. And this is going to be one of those games where I think the away team is going to be, it's going to be a home game for the away team. Does that make sense? 
I'm I'm not trying to dunk on ASU fans. I know I have no room to talk when it comes to that, but um, not a good time to be a Sun Devil. They're three and eight, nothing to play for. This is the most exciting Arizona team that that's been around in, in ages. So I I think they're going to be all up for. It. Speaking of a, a rivalry that's <laughs> pretty one sided when it comes to fans, uh, Tennessee and Vandy. <laughs> Uh, the Commodores are going to Knoxville, so at least there's that. If it was in Nashville, it's just another home game for the Volunteers. Uh, Volunteers are ranked 18th in the nation, and they're favored by 27. This game will be on SEC Network. No official name. This should be like the Country Music Bowl or Banjo Bowl or something. I don't know. Vols lead uh, the all-time series 77-33. to 33. It will be 78 after Saturday. Fun fact, though, first game was played 1892, and Vandy won. And that's not the most shocking thing. Vandy won with a scoreline of 22-4. to four. four in a football game? Fuck yeah. Brandon, where are you here in the um, Volunteer State showdown? Yes, sir. Joe Milton. Yeah, all you got to say there. Ian? Absolutely same thing. I wonder if Vanderbilt's scoreboard has been completed. It's been a whole <laughs> season. So funny. <laughs> yeah, the, the construction zone. I, I love that for a nickname for a stadium. That's great. It should just be under construction forever like UCF. Under Ooh. construction forever. Get it? Okay. Let's move on. Uh, Big 12. BYU just gut-wrenching loss to the Sooners last week. Um, they're following that up by traveling to Stillwater to take on the number 23 Oklahoma State Cowboys. Them pokes are favored by 17 and a half. The game will be on ABC. Uh, and the Cowboys are undefeated in the series. Undefeated against the Cougars of BYU. That being said, they've only played two times. <laughs> uh, they played two games in the 70s. Uh, again, Cowboys won both. BYU has, has something to play for here, though. They need to win, and they can go bowling. And you could certainly see that fight, even with um, Slovis starting quarterback being out. Sexy, uh, sexy Rezzy, as I'm calling him, the first uh, Jewish quarterback in BYU history. You know we love that on the pod. Um, you saw some serious fight for the Cougars. So uh, I, I think Pokes win, but I think Cougars cover. Brandon, do you agree? Yeah, I thought Jake Retzloff played quite a game. I think they have yeah. a shot at winning, especially they're fighting for bowl eligibility. I really don't understand Oklahoma State. Now they're running with Alan Bowman. They could have just done it all year, but whatever. Yeah, I, but to be fair, Oklahoma State is fighting for a, a uh, possible Big 12 championship game. Obviously, one of the best running backs in the country, and Ollie Gordon, the second, or uh, Olive Garden, he's being called. Ian, are you buying the uh, Olive Garden uh, endless bread and what, breadsticks and salad combo? That sounds delicious. I think you know that I am. I love it. I love a chance to be high on the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, both teams have something to play for, so that will be entertaining, uh, to say the least. All right, let's head on to the land of Lincoln. Northwestern at Illinois. Alumni are favored by five and a half. Game will be on the Big Ten Network. Uh, fighting Alumni with a 57-54 edge over the Wildcats in the land of Lincoln trophy. I can't believe Illinois is favored. I am all in on the Cats. Give me the Wildcats for days. Brandon, are you with me here? Especially now yep. that Western has their head coaching situation figured out? 
Exactly. I got Wildcats too. I think they rally around their, um, you know, new coach, coach, quote unquote. But what I cannot understand about Illinois is this quarterback, John Paddock, through he went 24 of 36 for 500 yards, four touchdowns, two games ago, played fine against an Iowa defense, threw for about 200 yards, and they're running with Luke Altmyer. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, what's his name? Who's there now? It's not Lovey Smith. It's the former Wisconsin coach, right? Bielema. Yeah. Although I yeah, did love- Maybe he's trying to get fired. I don't know. You think so? You think he I hates in Champagne that much? The thing is, though, I think if he gets fired, where else is he going to go? Is he going to go to Kent State? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's next? I just can't understand benching a quarterback who's played lights out two weeks in a row for a guy yeah. who has not. Yeah. Ian, where are you here in the um, land of Lincoln Trophy? Oh, I am I am in an over-under uh, below 30. But I think I have to lean Illinois because they'll score points. Northwestern all the way. Over-under is 47.5. So if you're, you mean 30, we think a 17-3 to scoreline here? I see Big Ten West, specifically <laughs> not uh, Wisconsin. And this is where my mind goes. I've been conditioned at this point. It, I, frankly, you could blame the conference. Fair. Oh, I definitely will. Hey, speaking of Wisconsin, paddle for Ball Bunyan's Axe. A great underrated rivalry. Wisconsin Badgers will be traveling to Minneapolis to take on the Golden Gophers of Minnesota. Minnesota, a win in their bowling. Wisconsin, a win in their 7-5. and five. Congratulations. That's what you get for... Trying to change who you are, you absolute frauds. Uh, badges are favored by two. This game is on Fox Sports 1. This is two quarterbacks that I, I'm sorry, I'm just not high on. Tanner Mordecai for Wisconsin. The uh, Greek rifle, Athen Kilimakinius for <laughs> Minnesota. The Gophers. Give me the Gophers. I hate this game so much. Wisconsin is is... The worst 6-1 team in the country. Gophers all day. Brandon, where are you? Oh, yes, sir. I think P.J. Fleck is kind of fighting for his job here. I think they, uh, I think Minnesota wins. Interesting. Okay, Ian? Couldn't agree more with Brandon. I love rowing the boat. Give me Minnesota. Let's do it. Let's head on over uh, to the Big Ten East. Well, this game does not have a, this rivalry does not have a name, but we can call it the fraudulent teams in the Big Ten East, the teams that have no right being in the Big Ten, but I guess more of a right than Oregon and UCLA. Uh, Maryland will be going to Piscataway to take on the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Uh, Brandon, I'll actually let you lead off as our resident Scarlet Knight here. Um, they're being given a point. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're yeah. given a point. Maryland is favored by one. What do you think? Yeah. Here? Yeah. Do, do you think Rutgers. Um, Pulls off the upset, one point upset. I think give me Rutgers or give me death. I think we need you gotta go. They gotta go with Rutgers here, man. It's the people's team. It's the people's team. Is yeah. it? I mean, Maryland looked pretty good last week. You gotta give it credit. Loxley looks a lot better. Yeah, no, honestly, Talia Tagovailoa is a severely underrated quarterback. He's probably a top two or three quarterback in the terrible Big Ten. But I, I just I gotta go with my heart here. That's I mean JJ McCarthy being number one. No, nah, he's terrible. Then who's number one in the Big Ten? McCord, Juraller. I don't know. No, absolutely not. No. <laughs> oh, Gavin Wimsat. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Ian, where are you? 
I'm going to take the other side of that. I'm going to ride with Talia, and I'm going to go with Maryland. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I was pretty high on both teams at one point in the season. I do not like Maryland on the road, and I like Rutgers at home. That being said, even though it's at Rutgers, give me Maryland. I don't know why. I'm just really, I was really impressed. Uh, again, that was the one bet I lost last week. Uh, Maryland covered against Michigan, and I lost money on that one. All right, uh, here's a good one. Liberty Flames going to El Paso to take on the UTEP Miners. Yep, a game that the whole country will be watching on the CBS Sports Network. Flames are favored by 17. First ever matchup. This is a rivalry that's um, that has a lot of room to grow. A lot of room because geographically there's a lot of space between the two. Lynchburg, Virginia, and El Paso, Texas. Why not? Uh, Warm-up game for the Flames who will be facing the New Mexico State Aggies in this USA Championship. Flames have struggled to put teams away, um, especially against the spread. But still, Liberty for days. UTEP, not great. Brandon, you with me here? Yep, Liberty. Cool. Ian? Yeah, Liberty big. Okay. Um, Liberty might be the best team in Virginia. Um, it's between them and James Madison. That being said, you know two teams that are not the best team in Virginia is Virginia Tech and UVA. Uh, Hokies are playing, uh, will be visiting the Cavs, and they're favored. The Hokies are favored by three. ACC Network, this is for the Commonwealth Cup. I think the Commonwealth Cup should just go to the best team in Virginia because, again, it's not these two teams. Um, frankly, they are probably the two worst teams in FBS in the state of Virginia because Old Dominion has looked quite good. I think Old Dominion even beat Virginia Tech earlier this year, didn't they? Crap, I should have known this. Anyone want to help me out here? No, Anybody? Virginia Tech. Virginia won. won that one? Yeah, that was last year, I think. But I think Old Dominion like has more wins over Virginia Tech. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Virginia, uh, Old Dominion beat Vautech last year. You're right. You're right. Virginia Tech won this season's um, rendition of it, 36-17 at home in Blacksburg. Uh, give me Tech. Just because Tech has been much improved, again, I had them uh, losing to BC a couple weeks ago in Chestnut Hill, and that one bit me in the ass. Really bad. Virginia Tech needs a win to go bowling, and this is one of those games where the away team will be playing a home game in Charlottesville. Give me Tech. Uh, Brandon, Ian, are you all on the same page here with me? Hope yeah, I got, Virginia, I got Virginia Tech. Kyron Jones seems like he's finally figured out how to play quarterback, so I think they win this one. Ian? I agree. Virginia Tech, they're just playing a better football. It's good to see both teams from Virginia doing okay at this point, but Virginia Tech is clearly a cut above. No, it, it is good to see them improving. That's We've got to give them credit there. I definitely do not want to be negative on this show, negative Nancy. Uh, they have improved. UVA, though, they have some quarterback issues. They do. Let's move on to um, – Georgia Southern and App State. Now, this is a rivalry game right here. Game will be at Boone. What a result for the Mountaineers. Upending, upsetting, breaking hearts in Harrisonburg, Virginia. James Madison hosting College Game Day. One of the best episodes of College Game Day we've ever seen. One of the largest crowds, most rambunctious crowds. That crowd was silent after the Mountaineers uh, left with the overtime win over the Dukes. This is the deeper-than-hate game. I mean, Georgia Southern and App State have been playing 
since what the SoCon days and the FCS, and they were always the two best teams at the FCS level at the time. They're now in the Sun Belt, trading blows back and forth. App State's got some. I mean, they really struggled to start the year, and they, like we've been saying earlier, turned it on at the right time. A win paired with a coastal loss, and all of a sudden the Mountaineers are going to Troy to play for the Sun Belt Championship. Give me the Mountaineers. Ian, Ian, I know you're 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 kind of Mountaineers adjacent. Jason, I want to hear your take on this one. I do. I like App State. They're a very likable team. I go to Boone quite often. Um, well, it is over next time you go to Boone, man. We'll grab some uh, some beers. All right. Yeah, it sounds great. But I think it's very interesting. Actually, I took a look at the Sun Belt over this past week, and I realized that for all the bluster. And for all the hullabaloo, unfortunately, within the constraints of the rules, such as they are, it is still App State's conference, whether they want it or not. <laughs> yeah. They have it all to play for. Good for them. They always put themselves in the right position. Brennan, are you buying the Mountaineers at this point? They've, they've been proving it as of late. I am. I think they kind of run with Joey Aguilar. You know, he got off to a slow start, so they got off to a slow start, but he has been on fire lately, leading them over the Dukes. I, I think they pull this one out over Davis Brin. Yeah, Davis Brin, Georgia Southern quarterback. Uh, Georgia Southern has one of the best passing attacks in the country. Um, you probably don't know that because you're not paying enough attention and you don't subscribe to our podcast. So subscribe right now so you'll know these facts about all 134 FBS teams. From Alabama to the Zips. We mean it. Uh, let's keep in the Sun Belt East, the best division in college football, I think. And definitely the most um, <laughs> the most entertaining, that's, that's for sure. JMU, heartbreaking, heartbreaking, heartbreaking loss. They are going to Conway, South Carolina to take on Coastal. Dukes are favored by nine. This game will be on ESPN2. Dukes lead the series two to one. Last year's game, which was the first game as... Uh, both teams, as members of the FBS, uh, both teams were in FCS. Last year game, first time that they played as, yeah, you get what I'm trying to say here, since they've been FBS. The Dukes won 47-7. Colts lost something to play for, but I think James Madison's going to be coming out pissed. And, and I, I really like the quarterback there as well, um, uh, McLeod, the former USF transfer. Give me JMU. Brandon, are you with me here? Also, JMU. Totally agree. Love Jordan McLeod. Yeah, so that, I mean, that definitely means that App State will be representing the East. Yeah, wow. crazy, crazy how things turn out. Ian, what about you here? Uh, Coastal or JMU? I have to go with JMU. They just lost one, and they don't want to lose another one. They want to prove that they're the best, even though they're penalized. And I want Coastal to lose so App can win, personally. All right, there you go. So it's confirmed. Coastal Carolina is going to blow them out. <laughs> There it is. We'll keep in the East, uh, Sunbelt East, as Arkansas State Red Wolves will be traveling to Huntington, West Virginia to take on the herd of Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. <laughs> How many games have they lost in a row, Brandon? Oh, gosh, a lot. Five? Oh, uh, what was it, five in a row? What are we? No, Marshall's lost four out of their last five. I'm sorry. Oh, they won a game. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, we are. We not like Marshall. <laughs> Marshall here. Uh, Marshall's five and six. They are fighting for a bowl game, which is crazy. They had really high expectations going to this year. Um, they have been dashed. A State Butch Jones 
Looks like he's going to keep his job over there in Jonesboro, Arkansas. How did A State become six and five? What a joke. Um, Brandon, where are you between the herd and the Red Wolves? Uh, well, we hate the herd and we like the Red Wolves because of our boy Liad from Jonesboro, Arkansas. So I'm going to go with Arkansas State. Hell yeah. You know, we love to shout out our friends over here. Uh, Liad from Jonesboro, Arkansas. We love you. He's a diehard Red Wolf. Give us the Wolves all day. Ian, you on board? I am on board. I think I think on paper these these teams are a lot more comparable than than we give them credit for. But ultimately, I am I am on board with you. Okay, heard are favored by one and a half. Um, Arkansas money line play definitely here. Uh, we alluded to this earlier. Apple Cup baby. They're gonna finish the uh, afternoon slate in Seattle, Washington, as the Wazoo Cougars will travel to uh, face the Huskies. Huskies are favored by 16 and a half. This will be on Fox. Thank God, thank God, thank God, the Apple Cup will be renewed uh, going forward as Washington joins the Big Ten Conference. I mean, could you imagine if the Huskies lose this? Can you imagine that? They're not going. I don't think they will because Wazoo has, besides their, they're going to hate me for saying this, besides their Super Bowl last week against Colorado, they have not looked good at all in the second half of the season. Remember, they were ranked fairly highly at one point earlier in the year in September. Um, yeah, give me the Huskies for days. Brandon, do you, are you um, – are you? Yep, Mike Phoenix. You barking like a dog? Mark B- Mike Phoenix. I, I, I think Cam Ward will play a good game, but Mike Phoenix pulls this one out for uh, Washington. It's, it's really concerning how, how you're saying uh, Phoenix's name. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it, I, I feel bad because I feel like he has definitely fallen aside in the Heisman race because that UW offense has struggled as of late. I hope he puts it on because I want, again, no one from Tampa has won the, the Heisman Trophy. I would love to see him in New York, at least for the trophy presentation, but Wazoo will be playing pissed, Ian. So uh, interesting game, interesting matchup. What do you think, UW or Wazoo? Uh, I think it is going to be an interesting matchup, Jack, but I have to go with UW. UW, I mean, Michael Penix, it's pronounced Penix. The sharpshooter has to sharpshoot, and they need to really lay it on to show that they are deserving of their new number four ranking because right now they're in the playoff, assuming nothing changes. Like, let's say oh boy, Michigan and whatever happens in the Big Ten, and – they are at risk of being bounced out, but they're not because they're number four. They're Michigan. afforded that luxury now. They need to prove it. Yeah. Well, and, and they again, they've been struggling as of late. So uh, Oregon has looked hotter, but obviously Washington has, has that big win over Oregon. So um, I don't know. I think 16 and a half is a little bit too much because Wazoo will be playing pissed. But at the same time, I would not be surprised if Washington puts it on because they have something to prove. All right, here's the real game of the century, game of the week, the whole nine. And I, and I kind of mean this. Um, I, I know we like the memes, but I'm kind of serious. Jacksonville State Gamecocks going to Las Cruces to face America's team, the New Mexico State Aggies. The uh, Diego Piss and Pavias are favored by two. Why is this game on ESPN Plus? This should be ABC. Every single TV in the country should be forced to watch this. 
Ian said this is the game five of the week. I uh, G5 game of the week, beg your pardon. I think this is the game of the week, period. That said, Jacksonville State not able to play in the Conference USA Championship game because they just came up from FCS with the exact same situation as James Madison in the Sun Belt. I think they're pissed. This is their Super Bowl, especially after the Aggies upended Auburn. Even though it's in New Mexico, it's at New Mexico State, I think I think the Gamecocks can do it. Give me the Cox. Cox for days. Brandon, what about you? Oh fuck yeah. Give me Rich Rod. We love Rich Rod. Do you think uh do you think he could be uh, moving away from Jacksonville, Alabama at the end of the year? I think he's gonna be a hot name, especially with how quick he turned this this ship around. What he's yeah. done there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see uh as the offseason really kicks off. Ian, where are you for uh, JSU and New Mexico State? Well, I, I agree with what you say about Rich Rod. It's going to be a hot commodity in these markets. But I think uh, they don't win the game. You guys are very quick to bet on America's team. New Mexico State is going to lay it on, I think. They're going to win by more than two. I think, I think that's called covering. They'll <laughs> show the world that they can hang in a conference. And Jerry Kill will earn his coach of the year. I mean, you can ask Brandon. Brandon, you can attest to this. I said on Saturday that I am addicted to betting on Sam Houston State and New Mexico State. Because I've can done confirm. it for can confirm. La- yeah, can confirm. Did it for the last five weeks. This is real. That being said, I I know my Aggies as a diehard lifelong fan for the last five weeks of New Mexico State. I know when to jump off. I'm not jumping off the bandwagon, but I know a um a gotcha game when I see it. And I think this could be it. So something to keep an eye on for. Here's uh we're gonna head on over to the Saturday primetime slot. Uh the Sunshine Showdown. Florida State traveling to Gainesville to take on the Florida Gators. Obviously huge, huge news as Jordan Travis uh Heisman hopeful his Florida State collegiate career is done. The dude's foot was going 90 degrees the wrong way after a uh, quarterback sneak against North Alabama. Yeah, they're playing an FCS team, a, a team that was Division II last year, and they were down 13-0. Travis tried to put his team on his back, and he broke his foot in the process. Uh, truly awful to see. Um, hoping the best for him. Really hope that we get to see him on Sundays because he's a special talent. Ian, as the resident FSU guy, um, does that worry you going into Gainesville when the Gators are fighting for a a bowl game here? It does worry me a little bit, but honestly not as much as you would think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only did Jordan Travis go down with an an injury, but Graham Mertz, Florida's quarterback, did suffer a non-dislocate collarbone injury. So he's out for the season as well. So it's going to be a battle of, battle of the backup quarterbacks. And I don't know anything about Florida's backup quarterback, but I know Tate Rodemaker, Florida State's backup quarterback, was built for this moment. He is an athlete. He's tall. He can throw. He could have started in a, in a bunch of schools, like he could have transferred to an Indiana or an Arkansas State or something like that, and he would have been the starter. But he chose to be behind Jordan Travis exactly for games like this. He came in to the uh, Louisville game last year, and he won them the game when Jordan Travis came out with a minor injury. 
and he'll probably have to do exactly that again. So yeah, I, I think they're in good hands. To be honest with you, I do. I'm not sold on Graham Mertz, man. I I think that's uh, addition from subtraction. And I know people are going to be like, dude, he has 20 touchdowns, three picks, almost 3,000 yards. I don't care. I don't think he's that good. I really don't. I think UF has some decent wide receivers that make him look decent. They have some speed on the outside, playmaking uh, ability, which is what every Florida team should have, just stupid stud athletes. I mean, he wasn't even that good at Wisconsin. Obviously, no quarterback's going to look great at Wisconsin. I mean, the last quarterback to look good was uh, freaking Russell Wilson. And remember, he didn't even – I mean, he's from North Carolina State. He went to NC State first. So, I don't, eh. I don't know. Uh, but this this could be an interesting one. Rivalry game. A lot to play for for both teams. Uh, playoff on the line for the Knolls. Bowl game on the line for the Gators. Brandon, as the resident FSU and UF – Hater. Well, I mean, you did go to, was it law school briefly at UF, right? I got my tax degree from UF, but we don't talk about that. We don't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think, I think, I think, regardless, I think FSU wins this game going away. Um, I think UF will show up with a total lack of effort. It's. It will be interesting. I'm not saying this is going to be one of the games where the away team is playing a home game, because. Again, huge rivalry. These two programs and fan bases hate each other. But I think Florida State fans will really, really be up for it, especially considering the Travis injury. Um, a lot to play for there. So uh, one rivalry game that is just a massive question mark, Notre Dame fighting Irish uh, will be traveling Apollo Alto to play Stanford. Irish are favored by 26 and a half. Or 26 and a half? Yeah, 26 and a half. Uh, and no, you cannot watch this game. It's on the Pac-12 network. You have to go to Hong Kong. This is the Legends Trophy. Irish lead the series 21-14. and 14. Give me the Irish. I, I don't care. This is the most boring game of the week. Is that mean, Brandon? No, definitely. Definitely totally agree. Notre Dame plays a very boring brand of football. Who cares? They'll win. I like Estime a lot. I really – I mean, everyone talks about Hartman, the quarterback. I really like Estime. He's a – He's a traditional running back where he's just going to run you over. Really entertaining to watch, but the game is not going to be entertaining. Do you agree, Ian? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I agree. I think they play a very classic style of ball, but you can yeah. find much better. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Stanford's been up and down. Really weird year for the Cardinal, uh, but give us the Irish. Let's head over to Waco. Uh, West Virginia Mountaineers taking on the Baylor Bears. This one's a seven and four all time in favor of the of the Nears, who are favored by eight and a half. Fox Sports One prime time. Give me the Nears, baby. Fuck it, full send. Brandon, where are you here? Yeah, same Mountaineers. Um, I think you know Garrett Green gets this one done. Yeah, Baylor's a dead team walking right now. Nothing to play for. And what about you, Mountaineers Bears? I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Baylor has not been having a good couple of years under Dave Aranda recently. As the Big 12 has gotten better, they have not, so they have functionally regressed. And it's sad to see. He's got to change something up. But Neil Brown is finally off the hot seat, and West Virginia is playing a pretty good style of football. So they probably yeah. going to win big here. Yeah, no, good for them. I really want Neil Brown to work out there in uh, Morganton. NFL Network. 
Yeah, they they play. Uh, they show one college football game a week now. A uh, Sun Belt game, most likely. South Alabama Jaguars going to San Marcos to take on the Texas State Bobcats. The Jags are getting a six and a half. They're favored by six and a half. Series is tied all time, four and four. EJ Finley, Bobcat quarterback. He's the real deal. Uh, both of these teams were pretty good in the West Division. I think the winner of this game finishes second. I think the home crowd in San Marcos. Things are really turning for Texas State. Please disregard their their blowout loss last week uh, in Jonesboro, Arkansas to Arkansas State. You will not believe the storyline. 77 to 31, A State over Texas State. That being said, I think this is a get right spot for the Bobcats. Give me the Cats all day. Eat them up. Brandon, where are you? Not just 77 to 31. They, 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 Arkansas State didn't even have a passing touchdown. It was seven rushing touchdowns. Bro, don't with that said, like mm-hmm. that, man. I just want to throw hands. With that said, I got Texas State. I think TJ Finley comes back. TJ Finley plays great. And GJ Kinney is going bowling regardless. Ian? I got to go different than you guys. I've, I've wanted a chance to root for South Alabama ever since they took a drubbing to Oklahoma State earlier this year. They're America's team, literally USA. And what better than the last game of the year? I think we see a great performance. Yeah, I mean, South South Alabama was there, thereabouts in the West. They definitely had an opportunity to win the division, uh, but they blew it against Troy. Uh, Let's go to a clean old-fashioned hate in Atlanta. Now, this is going to be one of those games where the away team will be the home team. Uh, number one ranked Georgia dogs are finally really firing on all cylinders. They're, they're pretty much healthy. Bowers is back. We've been dunking on them all year saying that we're not buying them being number one. Yeah, they're number one. It's legit. They're going to Atlanta to face the yellow jackets. Uh, Yellow Jackets got nothing to play for. They're already bowl eligible. Give me dogs big. I mean, I know the Jackets would love to play spoiler, but there's just no way. Clean old-fashioned hate. By the way, dogs lead the series 70-41. Uh, to 41. Honestly, I'm surprised it's that close. I don't, I don't mean to be insulting, but that's just that's crazy to me. Uh, prime time on ABC. Dogs favored by 24. Give me all 24 points. Brandon, are you with me here? Oh, absolutely. You got to remember, though, Georgia Tech was a historically good program. I mean, they had John Heisman for a while, I think, right? So, but yeah, I'll go going away. I mean, they, they won the national championship in, in what we talked about this last week, 89, 90. Yeah. So uh, that's more recent than um, yeah, Notre Dame. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think who else. A lot of other teams. Uh, Ian, uh, where are you between UGA and uh, Georgia Tech? Well, I think it's going to be closer than most people think. And what I mean by that is I think instead of 40 to 3, it's going to be 30 to 7. But I think uh, Georgia is going to run away with it in the second half. And I think they're going to show that they're the number one when it's time for the conference title game against Alabama. Yep. Uh, Hey, 30 to 7, that means Tech covers, baby. 23 points. The line is 24. Just saying. 
Let's head on over uh, a little bit north to Cincinnati to Nippert Stadium, one of the best venues in college football, the KU Jayhawks. Taking on the Bearcats, Jayhawks are favored by six and a half. ESPN2, where you can watch where this all-time matchup is tied one-to-one. Is Jason Bean going to be playing? I mean, that's the question. I mean, first off, I mean, Bean is their second-string quarterback. Uh, He transferred from North Texas. I don't know. I like Emory Jones. It's, he hasn't played great. The Cincinnati offense has really struggled. Cincinnati might be one of the most disappointing teams in all of FBS football this year. But Nipper Stadium, they know how to get rowdy, man. And it's a ranked team in KU coming to Nipper. I mean, we love KU in this podcast. I don't know where to go here. Brandon, where are you? I'm just going to copy you, man. Yeah, I'm I'm KU. You know, Cincinnati doesn't have much to play for. Yeah, Emory Jones does have a lot to play for, but I'm not expecting them to come out exactly guns a blazing. So Kansas, whoever's under center, is gonna lead them to victory. Just I see here that uh Jason Bean was available to play last week, but they actually went ahead and chose to start Cole Ballard. Uh their uh third string true freshman quarterback who had to come in after Bean got injured midway through the Texas Tech game two weeks ago. So that's interesting. I mean, so is Jalen Daniels just done? Is that – is he just yeah, done? I think so. Is that it? I yeah. think so. I Brutal. believe he is done. He is. He has announced that he'll be back next year. But I oh, think he's done for the season. All right. Dude, KU to win the Big 12 next year. You heard it here first. Ian, what about you between KU and Cincy? I think I got to go Kansas big. Uh, I, I trust Lance Leipold, and Cincinnati has not been good against uh, existing Big 12 members. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They didn't play uh, Oklahoma tough at home earlier in the year, but that was really about it. All right, let's head on over to the uh, Palmetto Bowl. Clemson looks a, they look better, especially compared to where they were earlier in the year, going to Columbia to face the uh, Gamecocks of USC. Tigers are favored by seven. This will be on the SEC Sports Network. Don't forget, people are forgetting this, that the Gamecocks, the reason why they were kind of a um, hot commodity to start the season is because they ended the year so well, beating Tennessee and then Clemson. So Gamecocks, most recent win in the Palmetto Bowl, but I think the Tigers get it right. Um, I'm worried about Beamer's job because it seems like the fans there at USC are not impressed right now. I, I hope they stick with him because I want him to succeed. But give him the Tigers. Brandon, are, are you with me? Are you going to be, um, like, what's his name from Spartanburg? Eiler from Spartanburg, was that his name? The caller that called him in the Dabo? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be that guy. I'm going Cox. I want Spencer Rattler to absolutely ball out in this game and uh, show Dabo why he should be paying his players and not quit coaching football, or he can for all I care. I'm telling you, man, Dabo to Liberty in two years, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But doesn't Liberty have an NIL? So you might not want that. I don't know. He can go to freaking Sam Houston State if he doesn't want an NIL. Ian, what about you in the Palmetto Bowl? I'm going to go with Clemson. But I think it's really funny that we judge this game entirely based on Clemson and how they compare to South Carolina. I don't think Shane Beamer is in that big of trouble. Mm. I think he's kind of a royalty, and they'll at least give him a shot. But I think he's got to right the ship, and I think he's going to. 
I, I don't know. I think if they weren't going to do it this year, when are they, when are they going to do it? And, and I think they had all the, all the momentum going into this season. And I don't know, just, just, you know, I'm not too, too far away from Columbia and, and just interacting with USC fans. Um, they're not, they're not happy right now. All right, let's head on over to a rivalry that has a lot of room to grow. Uh, Charlotte 49ers and USF Bulls. The game will be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Nobody will be there. Bulls are favored by six on ESPNU. Never played before, which is interesting. These teams were in Conference USA together in the 90s, back before both even had football. Uh, USF got football, I think, around uh, 2000 or 1999. Um Charlotte just got their program in 20, oh boy, 2011. I should know this. Fuck it. Sometime around there. Um, but, the, I mean, these are obviously two huge metro areas within the southeast. Great airports. I mean, Charlotte's all right, but Tampa's the best. That's, that's definitely for sure. Good brewery scenes. Um, just pretty similar city when it comes to demographics. I think similar enough. Um, and they have the same colors. Battle of, the, Battle of the green and gold. Give me the Bulls. That offense in the second half, their offense sucks, but I think they're going to put up enough points on uh, Biff Pogey to uh, do enough damage, so that way by the time it's the second half and they can't score, they'll be fine. Brandon, do you agree with me here? Uh, no, I think Biff Pogey is going to have his Charlotte 49ers absolutely ready, raring to go, and heading in strong to next season. I think he will be able to instill to the players that they are playing spoiler. I don't know, man. I mean, have, did you watch any of that game against Rice last week? Uh, Charlotte and Rice? A bit. A bit. Not the whole thing. Did not look great. Did not look great. Granted, USF's defense is not great. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Ian, where are you between Niners and Bulls? I'm actually siding with Brandon here. I uh, think that... Charlotte has the most room to run in this final game. I think that where USF might score 21, Charlotte will score 27. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I forgot to mention, both institutions have, have really solid academics as well. So I want to throw that out there. I think this rivalry has a lot of room to grow. So that'd be great to see. Uh, let's, Even though that game is in Tampa, uh, Charlotte's in North Carolina. Let's keep it in North Carolina. Uh, UNC. Going to Raleigh to face the Wolfpack of NC State. The Tar Heels are uh, favored by two and a half on the ACC network. Drake May for days, baby. Let's do it. I'm all heels. Brandon, what about you? 100% totally agree. Drake May for days. He's probably going to declare after this season. This may be his last game. Drake May. Uh, Matt Brown, head coach for UNC, said that he will be coming back. There are rumors of his retirement. I think it's great. I think football's better with uh, Mac Brown in it. Ian, uh, you probably have some interesting takes here on UNC, NC State. Lay us on it. Well, I, uh, I, I suppose I think it's funny that UNC just lost uh, because they didn't, they didn't have Jeff Flanagan calling the game. But I, I, I agree with you. They're a pretty good team. Uh, Drake May will probably have a bowl game after this. And I hope he plays. I hope he balls out. Will he? <laughs> Hey, I continue to be optimistic about this stuff. But NC State has quietly found themselves a three-loss team, third in the conference. So if they win, they make a pretty good case for themselves, assuming Kentucky beats Louisville. 
Uh, it might be a surprisingly good game on the ACC network, but I do think UNC takes it. Yeah, NC State is the an eight and three team that nobody is talking about, and and I mean I forgot they were eight and three until I was doing research for the podcast earlier. So uh, credit where credit is due, Wolfpack um, looked pretty good, even though at times it looked like they they weren't it. So good for them. Uh, prime time as well, Farmageddon, baby. Iowa State Cyclones will be traveling to the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas, to take on K-State Wildcats. Wildcats are favored by nine and a half, and you can watch this on Fox. This is such a great game. I love Farmageddon, baby. Um, that being said, Iowa State really disappointed in how they handled the Longhorns in Ames, Iowa. I think this might be a get-right game. Not to disrespect Ian's Kansas State Wildcats, but I, I think they're going to be pissed off, and I, I'm taking the Rocco Becks for days. Give me the Cyclones, baby. Ian, tell me why I'm wrong. So I, I, I feel like you're just going to go against me here. <laughs> I mean, I think they have a good shot, Jack. They've, been, they have, they've exceeded my expectations, quite frankly. But I think that Kansas State is just a better built team. They've got a dual quarterback system. They have a dual running back system. Giddens and Ward both ideally get 100 or 80 yards every single game. And when they win, they win big. When they lose, at least they try to keep it close like they did versus Texas. Um, they'll probably just outlast them in the fourth quarter, I think. Nah, not against Rocco Becht. Brandon, come on. Tell me you believe in Rocco. No. You guys. No, I don't. I got Kansas State and whoever they're running out there at quarterback for the same reason fans, as Ian said. Two good quarterbacks, two good running backs. They win this game. You guys are cowards. Rocco Becht, man. Come on. Put some respect on the name. All right, let's go to the late night slot on Saturday. We're going to finish off here. A couple more games, a few more. Uh, Wyoming traveling to Reno to take on Nevada. Uh, Nevada needs something. I mean, there's, <laughs> I don't know who needs something more. Does Nevada, the Wolfpack, remember how they were our um, team of the week a couple weeks ago because they won two games in a row? Very exciting stuff in Reno. Wyoming, at one point, we were saying that they could be a, a potential New Year's Six Bowl uh, team as the representative from the group of five. Obviously, the season did not end the way the Cowboys wanted and the fans were Laramie. We are disappointed as well. You can watch this game on the CBS Sports Network. Cowboys favored by 11. I don't know. I think this could be interesting. Wyoming will be looking elsewhere just because they're just so disappointed in how the season ended. They're going to have to watch UNLV and Air Force and Boise and... Um, you know, all those teams kind of fight it out for the last or for, you know, for their, their tickets to the Mountain West Championship game. I don't know. I, I just don't know if their heart's going to be in it. Even though my heart is all the way in Laramie, I, I think I think the Wolfpack are live. I think they can do it. Am I crazy for that? Maybe. Who cares? Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I think you're crazy for that, Cowboys. Okay. He's with the Cowboys. <laughs> We like Peasley. We like the Cowboys. We always have. Oh, we love him. We love him. I just Bob. don't think the Wolfpack can do it. I don't know. They've, they've shown um, 
Nevada has shown some fight, man, and I think we're going to see something here. National TV game, who knows? Here's a rivalry game that I just don't get because I think uh, UCLA is hosting Cal. Cal Berkeley um, and UCLA, the Bruins. Both of them are the Bears. Both are blue and yellow. Both are in the UC system. It's the Bear Bowl. Uh, UCLA leads the all-time series 57-34 to with one tie. Cal Berkeley can go bowling with the win. They have something to play for. UCLA with a pretty impressive win over USC last week. Why isn't that the um, you know the rivalry game? Doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Give me the Bruins, Brandon. What about you? I think I'm going Bruins here too. Uh, yeah. Fernando Mendoza played a great game. Sixty-seven percent completion percentage, three hundred yards passing, three touchdowns, one pick last week against a pretty bad Stanford. I think this is the rivalry game because they're two state schools. Yeah, that's fair. And USC is private. Yeah. Um, same thing with, with Cal Stanford being the previous week. So I think you're onto something as well. Uh, shout out my cousin, Sarah. I, I said last week that Chip Kelly needs to win the game against USC to keep his job. We were texting on Saturday, and she said the same thing. She said UC, the UCLA winning, uh, Chip Kelly kept his job in doing so. So shout out to my cousin, Sarah. Uh, big UCLA fan. Um, did her undergrad at UCLA. So. Uh, Ian, give give some respect for my cousin Sarah. Pick the Bruins here over the Bears. Come on, do it. Absolutely. Respect for to you, Sarah. I, of course, picked the UCLA Bruins. They are playing like they are the sixth best team in the Pac-12, and that is a compliment because they have beaten some tough competition and they have lost against some tougher competition. It's, it's, a, it's a tough gauntlet. They just got off a huge win. Don't give Cal... Like, your disrespect. They held Auburn to – it was a 14-10 game. Uh, but but this will be a good one to watch, and, and it'll be UCLA's win. They'll, they'll, they'll pull away. You sound a bit petty there with the – I mean, you're trying to compliment, but it sounded very backhanded. Congrats on being the sixth best team in the pack. I don't, we'll have to chat after about that, my friend. I don't know. Put some respect on that defense from the Bruins, man. That's a really great defense. Um. Let's head on uh, north. No, south. Yeah, I thought this game was in Fresno. No, no, no. The Fresno State Bulldogs are heading to San Diego to take on the San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, Brady Hope's last game as the Aztecs will not be going bowling. Just three wins for them. Fresno State, we were very high on them, as you mentioned earlier, but they've lost two straight. At San Jose, they got blown out 42-18. to uh, And then they hosted New Mexico and lost to the Lobos. I I don't know. I think Fresno is the better team because San Diego State's offense especially is just not great. But I think even though Fresno is already going bowling, San Diego is not, I think the Aztecs have something to play for uh, because of Hoke. So give me the Aztecs, actually. I don't think I've picked them all year long, but I think they can do it. Do you agree with me, Brandon? Nope. Keen on Mikey Keen as long as he starts. I know Logan Fife has gotten a lot of run time here lately, but uh, I think no matter who runs out there, I got Fresno State Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs are favored by five. This game will be on Fox Sports 1. San Diego does lead the all-time series 30-27. to 27. I'm just saying. Just saying. Ian, what about you, huh? I agree with Brandon. We like Fresno. We've been disappointed by Fresno recently. And we want to see them finish out the season strong. They can finish out the season strong at the 
Idaho Bowl against Ohio Bobcats. All right. And that will be a game that I will watch. Mind you, Fresno against Ohio would be a great matchup. Um, but no, I mean, I think it's, it's, it'll be a feel good story for San Diego and Hope to uh, go out with a victory, the last game of the year. And let's head to the last game of the week. Well, we made it. Oof. We thought this might go by, but uh, yeah, we talk a lot. CSU Rams going to the island to face the uh, Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii. Rams favored by six. Nah, give me the Warriors. Warriors have looked up and down, up and down. So has CSU. Very inconsistent. But I don't know, man. No one goes to the fucking islands and walks away with a victory. Brandon, do you agree? Are you about the Warriors here or the Rams? Yeah, same. I'm going to be watching uh, Horton on Colorado State, but I think Hawaii comes away with this one. Plays spoiler to Colorado State. Yeah, one of the best wide receivers in Horton for CSU. CSU does need a, um, a win to go bowling, but I think Braden Schrager has got something to say about that. Great quarterback there for Hawaii. Ian, close us out. What do you got, Rams or Warriors? Well, you know this is a great week of football, Jack, when Hawaii is the nightcap. Goddamn right. But I think I have to pick Colorado State here. You bitch. <laughs> I just call him as I see him. And I would love to see Timmy Chang pull something out. But I think the Rams are the better team. And I think the Rams want to go to a better bowl. Jimmy Chang's um, pullout game is a lot stronger than Mario Cristobal's. That's for damn sure. Nothing there, Brandon? You get nothing to say? No, I can't. I just, no, I can't anymore. <laughs> I just, I, right, I, I want I'm, I'm focused on beating Boston College this weekend. That's all we can do. And, and the Rice Owls, of course, in the Owl Bowl. Uh, Owl Bowl. Okay. Uh, listeners, if you're still with us, first off, God bless you and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we just want to say, if, we want to ask if you like this concept of us kind of just talking about each game. Uh, we're going to try and, and make it a little bit neater and a little more concise, but let us know if you like this or if you prefer the other um, version where we just kind of give our, our biggest games in each conference. Obviously, you know, for next week, we're just going to be talking about each and every college football uh, conference championship game uh, in depth. And giving giving our two cents on every game and every matchup that we can because those are the only games of the week, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. But let's let's feast on on some hate first. So um, from myself, Jack, our band man Ian, Lawman Brandon, we thank you all so much for listening again to the FBS 134 Campus Tour podcast. We hope you all have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Uh, we are we are so thankful for so much here, uh, but college football being probably first and foremost. <laughs> so from all of us to you, happy Thanksgiving, and we will see you next time. See ya! <laughs>